This episode of The Morning Stream is brought to you by Vistro. Vistro is the number one plant-based meal delivery service in America. Right now, our listeners can save 30% off any Vistro meal purchase when you use the code TMS. Visit Vistro.com, that's V-E-E-S-T-R-O.com, and use the code TMS to save 30%. Coming up on TMS, not good nudity, weird nudity. Cranky firefly hooker. Sun's out, bung's out. Kim's a better dad than Scott. That's true. Park your thing in the slot. It looked like boner. <laughs> <laughs> That's not hacking. You just left the door open. Making things with Bill. Jury duty and more on this episode of The Morning Stream. We don't know where Jeff picked up his cold. Maybe somebody left one on the bathroom glass. Don't look down on me. I don't. The Morning Stream. I'm a leaf on the wind. Watch how I soar. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to The Morning Stream. It is TMS for October 29, 2019. Uh, Halloween is upon us. <clears throat> Therefore, yes. we are the very scary Scott Johnson and Brian Ibbett. Ooh, Ooh spooky. Ooh. Have you watched a single Halloween movie or TV show this season at all? No, uh, nothing that I haven't had to. So in other words, we watched uh, oh, right. Carrie right for Film Sect, but <laughs> right. I had to watch Carrie for Film Sect and all the other things we did for Sactober. But uh, aside from that, no, I don't think I really have. Which, none, none for just your own pleasure, you know, just to sit down no, and do it. No, and, he, and here's the thing. I mean, you know, Mindhunter doesn't really count. The, the stuff we're watching... Uh, that I'm going to be recommending tomorrow probably doesn't count. Yeah. Tina told me this last weekend when we were going to see Judy, I said, oh, yeah, Dr. Sleep comes out this weekend. Oh, really want to see that. She's like, nope. <laughs> <laughs> what? Come on. You saw The Shining? She's like, yeah, and it scared the crap out of me. I'm not seeing it. Yeah. But Tina was almost in that movie. I was almost in The Shining. They would have been showing clips of me running around on my little uh, three-wheeler all over the, the Overlook Hotel. Yeah, that could have been you. They're, they're all, you know they're going to have flashbacks of that and stuff. We've seen it in the trailer. They are. I mean, the trailer even has flashbacks. Yep. The, little Torrance kid. That would, could have been you. Yeah. Oh, man. Could have been me. If it was you, though, I could have been played by Ewan McGregor. <laughs> Here's the thing, though: had it been you, there'd be yeah. no, there'd probably be no Coverville, there'd be no TMS, there'd be none of this stuff. I don't know because it's, uh, uh, it's you know that guy's not still in acting. He's, I think, a veterinarian now. That's true. So maybe you'd be a vet. <laughs> that's a, so that's the natural progression. Jack Nicholson chases you around the stage for uh, for several weeks, and then you become a vet. Yeah, you decide to throw yourself into animal care after that. Go take care of some animals. Do it. Get on there. You're making Jack a, a very happy boy, or whatever he says. <laughs> so anyway, uh, yeah, I'm actually really curious about that movie. But here's the thing: my wife is the same. She doesn't want to see scary movies. She's not interested. Oh. But. Uh, she likes things like The Quiet Place, so if it's like a tense sure. thing, she's into that. Sure. But she doesn't thrillers, want scary. Oh, Tina's fine with thrillers. Yeah. She's just thinking that this is going to be like spooky, jump scare, uh, possession. She's right. You know. She's right. It will be. Yeah, it will be. Yeah. <laughs> and her and Kim are the same. They, she doesn't want to see that stuff either. So I've had to. Those are headphone and iPad moments for me. I have to like just watch that stuff. I know. I just own. don't want to wait. I mean, I could go. Th I, I can. I'm physically able to go to the theater and yeah. see a movie by myself. Sure. You're. But uh, 
You're physically this is something able. that I've done and I do. And I did that with Spider-Man uh, Into the Spider-Verse. And you saw that alone, all by your lonesome. I saw I saw it opening day on my lonesome. No, what, what was? Oh no, no, no. I mean, I did see it by myself. I saw it opening night with Tina and yeah. a few other people. Yeah. And then on a whim, I said, I want to go watch an IMAX. I, I like we were talking to Steven Schleicher about it. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, he was on saying this it was very great. show. Yep. And I said, you know what? I'm going to go see it this afternoon. I went bloop, and I ordered my ticket, and I went and saw it at IMAX. Nice. So is that the sound by of, myself. Is that the sound the website made when you clicked OK? It went bloop. Boop. Bloop. Yep, that's exactly. went meep. Yeah, I was hoping it would go. Yeah. But it didn't. <laughs> that's, that's what I say when I get my ticket. Yeah. Oh, did I get my ticket? Yeah. yeah. All right, good. Let's go see the movie. <laughs> oh, that was crazy. I played that exactly when you did it, and it sounded the same. That was no weird. way. Did you really? Yeah. Did you time it perfectly? I typed it perfectly, and it sounded like you were in the room. <laughs> That's weird. All right. That's amazing. Uh, oh, oh, really? Some people in the red chat, someone says the lighthouse is not that good. I keep hearing it's amazing. I hear well, it is one, Again, else. one person in the lighthouse, or one person in the chat room. <laughs> one person that, in the lighthouse. We, one person in the lighthouse said that the, <laughs> the chat room is not good. <laughs> Which was Will it? Will Defoe does not approve of our chat room. That's right. The Green because Goblin. someone on this show keeps calling him William. I, I won't think, say who it is, Nicole. I can't think of the last thing I went to where it was on my own in a theater. I just haven't done it in a long oh, time. Really? Like years and years and years, yeah. Not that I wouldn't or haven't, you know. I just, I'd have nothing against it. I just haven't done it. So I just maybe I need to. Maybe I, I got to get out there. Maybe maybe yeah. Doctor Sleep and I'll have to have a little bit of an intimate moment on our own there. Maybe if only they would put a, a decent theater in Green River, then oh, you know, know we could do the meet halfway, have some sushi, yep. watch a movie, yep, uh, sweat. What else were we talking about? Oh yeah, opening open a comic store with a bar on the back. Yeah, and sweat. We have to sweat there because it's hot. Golly. Scott, the the comic book store with a bar on the back. This it's, it's just we just, we just got to figure out a way to make it happen because it is the perfect, um, <laughs> the perfect joint operation. Yeah. Because guess who works in the bar? Right. Me. Right. Guess who works in the front with the comic books? You. Me. You know we manage the the tabletop thing and it's it feels like somebody's got to make a sitcom about it. Yeah. It's like it's it's that good an idea. Yeah. Or do a documentary <laughs> on it or something like one of those docu series. Like that exactly. Kevin Smith comic book store thing. We should do like that. Yeah, that's how we're going to retire, everybody. So send your donations in now to right. make this weird yeah. idea happen. Let's make it happen. Let's that's put, our new Patreon goal. We're going to put Green River on the map. It's going to be huge. <laughs> it it's, is. It's not just, Entertainment mecca. Yeah. It's not just Sushi, for, movies, and, uh, and the comic book store with a bar on the back. Yeah, not just for summer, summer camp Boy Scouts anymore, that town. It's going to go right. big. Uh, all right, so uh, here's the deal this morning. We got a few things going on. Um, speaking of trailers, like movies, <laughs> this is a bad transition. Um, uh-huh. So it's a long story, so I'll try to make it short, but this is interesting. My son, Nicholas, you may be familiar with his work. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yes, very familiar. Yeah, he's the town crier. Uh, he <laughs> he has been, for as long as I can remember, probably from about 14 up, and he's 19 now, has talked about how he like every time you see like one of these videos or a documentary or something where somebody lives in one of those converted containers oh yeah like a tiny shipping a shipping container right yeah Mm -hmm. where they where they gut it and they retrofit it and it's got you know bathrooms and kitchen and you know like the whole it's all it's they're nice but they're tiny he Mm -hmm. loves that idea has just been 
that's been a thing he's talked about all that time. Oh, dad, one day, one day, one day, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. So he keeps saying it and saying it and saying it. Well, we yesterday, uh, a number of events happened. I won't get into those because some of them are kind of gnarly. But anyway, it turns out there is now a like uh, streamliner or what are they called? Um, yeah, like a one of those, uh, not a Winnebago. Well, like a Winnebago or... Uh, kind of, but that's the kind you pull with a truck and, and I think they're called stream. Third wheel. Something stre- okay, Airstream. Yeah, Airstreams. 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 The silver ones that look like uh, tinfoil... Uh, uh, tinfoil loaf of bread, basically. Yes. Yeah, basically like a big potato that's getting ready to be baked. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, they We had one come available uh, for a very low price that he can afford with pay- oh, wow. with payments. Uh-huh. Uh, but I think he's gonna do it, and I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna live in a in a a, a mobile trailer thing of uh, an airstream. Is he gonna gonna park it down by the river? It feels like this is the opening. To- <laughs> well, see, that's what I said, and I said, well, where do you actually put this? Because we have nowhere to put it here. It doesn't fit. We just right. don't have the room. Well, plus, you might even have a homeowner's. Uh, or there might be a city ordinance that says you can't leave it on the street for more than 48 hours. Yeah. There's, yeah. That's the case here, even without the homeowners association that would freak out about it if if there wasn't already an Arvada city ordinance about that. Yeah, we have nowhere to hide it, basically. I guess we could tuck yeah. it into the backyard and then never have a backyard oh, sure. again, but mm-hmm. but that seems dumb. So anyway, so, that, so my first thing was like, where are you putting it? And mm-hmm. he did a bunch of research, and apparently, and I didn't know this is true, apparently there's this way you can apparently. do it. Uh, old people, a lot of old people, they retire in these things and just go around the country all year. That's all sure. they do. They don't yeah. have a house. They sell their house. They get an air, Airstream or they get a Winnebago. They get whatever they get. And then they just spend the rest of their lives going to all the campgrounds, all the trailer stops, all the whatever things that you do. My grandparents did this. This was a thing they were well, huge on. Yeah, but the difference is they're living off their retirement. Correct. Uh, I don't. As far as I know, Nicholas uh, has not been saving up for <laughs> for this retirement plan. Right. So this is so this is the trick. Or here's the difference. Uh, when those people do that, when they go and they stay somewhere for any extended period of time, let's say you're traveling to Colorado, mm-hmm. and you're like, all right, we're going to be there a month. Mm-hmm. There are these places where you park your thing, and they have direct plumbing, electricity, and a lot of times internet. Sure. Um, all the basics, water, different, all that. We're not talking about a trailer park, right? This is something different than a trailer park. No, yeah, it's but it's kind of like a trailer campground, like a yeah, um, like a KOA campground kind of thing. Yeah, kind of like that. Mm-hmm. And you can go there, and for three hundred bucks a month, you get a slot if there's one open, and you just stay there as long as you want. And you just pay three hundred a month until you don't want to be there anymore, and then mm-hmm. you go somewhere. So apparently, that's already a thing. So he's his thinking is gets the trailer. That's a nice one. It's in great shape. Um, uh-huh. He's going to clean it out real good because the previous occupant may have been a little Jesse Pinkman-ish. Oh, God. I mean, okay. just in the activities that were perhaps happening in there. Not not like cooking meth. I don't mean oh, like... Oh, okay, okay. No, you burn that. Yeah. Like I just mean like... You yeah, know, there'd, be a, there'd be a smell. Crash, <laughs> crash in there at night. Maybe a little vaping was happening, that sort of thing. Uh, but anyway, they're going to take it. He's going to clean it all out. And then what he wants to do is take it to one of these places. And there's a ton of them here. And just for 300 bucks a month, that's basically his rent. And he parks that thing and he lives wow. there, goes to his job every day, comes home to his cool little... Th- I mean, he really wants to do this. And if I was 19, 
Like my yeah. my my old guy self goes, oh, I don't know, but this seems weird, but hippie weird, you know. Like I I have all these misgivings, but if I'm honest with myself, and I was 19, I would uh-huh. do this in a freaking heartbeat. It does. It does feel like the millennial thing, doesn't it? Like, you know, they're into the whole like. Uh, well, he's a he's uh, a Z, right? Aren't they Gen Z? They're different. Oh, uh, he might be Gen. Yeah, that's true. I guess he's not. He's even younger than millennial, but yeah. the whole like living off of. Uh, uh, DoorDash and uh, Uber Eats, and you know the whole gig lifestyle. This, yeah. Why doesn't he do this? Why doesn't he turn it into an Uber that can take thirty people at a time? <laughs> well, Uber XXXXXXL. The problem. The problem with that is, is he, here's the other hitch, and he hasn't been able to figure this up. But hitch. Hitch is, hitch is a funny word. Because he needs like a truck to pull it around. His Honda's not going to do it. That's what I figured it was going to be. Like that's why it's so funny that you said hitch. Here's yeah, the hitch. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he needs a tr- he needs a truck type unit to pull it, and doesn't have one. So getting it from from where it is now to where he needs it to be for this idea is no problem. Steve's got a truck, for example, my brother in law will just use his, uh-huh. uh, just to get it over there and park it. But you know, to move it around anywhere, he'd have to like get a truck. So there's other there's other issues associated with it where I'm like. I don't know, bud. Like um, all my all my practical old guy brain stuff is has definitely been kicking in on this, and I've been, you know, yeah. kind of mm, I don't know, mm, kind of like that guy. Sure. But if sure. I'm 19 and do, I would do this so bad. I would so yeah. do this. So oh, so I totally. got to be 100 percent behind it because because why not? And we had a long talk about it, and he he's you know he's genuinely jazzed about it. It's like a thing he's always yeah. wanted to do. It's like me when I was like a kid. I wanted a house with a giant slide and a foam pit, and I wanted it so bad. And I'm still kind of mad I don't have it. I'm mad I never well, did. You know, it. there's still still time. There's still time that we can do this. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I feel like this is, you know, this is kind of the dream, right? Like the freedom of being able to say, "Oh, I want to move." You know what? I'll just hook up my my trailer to a car and move to another another campground, RV park, or something. Or if he decides, you know, I mean, again, I'm I'm back thinking about what I would do if I was him yeah uh just boy get a vehicle that has a hitch but still is pretty decent as far as gas mileage when you don't have the trailer hooked up to it yeah go to a city you want to go to park in the campground and then uber lift all day long to to help pay for it pay for your your other needs mm-hmm. but then you're kind of like you're getting to explore you're getting to see other cities you know, travel around the 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 uh the country yeah, he, I don't know. This, he may want to do that too. I mean, the problem is he's yeah. got a job like here in town. So yeah, I know the Red Wing thing, but yeah. which is cool. Yeah, but, uh, but eventually, and it's if like, he didn't have that, that that would be, that would be the kind of the dream life for me for for that age. Yeah, not now. I don't think I could do it now, married or not. Oh, same, but, same, uh, same exact thing. So that's that's why I'm thinking about it like this, and I'm trying to think yeah. of it from the eyeballs of a 19 year old kid who's a good kid. He's got great prospects yeah. he's he's up to good stuff he's oh. like a great kid oh, yeah 19 probably wouldn't be able to do the the uber thing i think you have to be 21 to oh to do that stuff oh that makes I don't sense know. do you yeah, you yeah. probably do because you have to have a well isn't it the insurance cut or whatever the or no how does that work i don't know how that works well i mean i know you have to be what 25 to rent a rent a car from some places so yeah and the 20 i think the 21 is when your insurance starts to go down something like that uh, but my wife, so someone in the chat says, how does Kim feel about this? She is hundred percent support. She always is. If the kids have a dream and they want to follow it, she's hundred percent there. I'm the, I'm the wishy-washy one. That's like, well, now have we thought this through? Have we, uh, considered, have we considered all of the boring shit I would have hated if I was your age and my dad said this, 
have we considered all of that? And uh, mm. she she's she's better <laughs> at that than I am. Yeah. She's good at that stuff. So anyway, cool. uh, we'll see. Uh, we'll report later on how this goes. But uh, yeah, we may. <laughs> I may still I may have a son living in a camper soon. And the thing is, he's not. Cool. This is not because of pressure. Like Nick, you need to get out of here. It's time for you. To, we're not doing that. And he's not. Sure. He's not like pining to do that. It's just this opportunity presented itself, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, this is it. This is my. This is my thing. This is my big, my big long tube of of, of happiness." <laughs> so that'd be fun, you know. Hey, does he want a couple of roommates? <laughs> um. I even asked him. So that's funny you said that. I said, "Do you is can, what have you thought about maybe a roommate like your friend? Uh, not Tristan. His friend's name is Breton. I said, "Do you think maybe Breton could move in there with you?" And he goes. Oh, Dad, I don't know. It's not enough room. And so he thinks it's maybe not enough room for anybody but himself. But I also said, hey, you might get lonely in there. You know, you, you, you might have your computer and your, and your internet and your games and your whatnot. But it's not as fun as hanging out with us. He goes, oh, I'll still, you know, you guys will come over all the time. And I'll come over here all the time. And, you know, like he's all good. It's just, I don't know. I feel, it feels weird to me. Oh, and he may take Boomer. But I don't know how that'll work. I don't know if they let you mm. keep a dog in there for... A period of time where you have to dog daycare it or something during the day or or not and i'm like eh, i don't know I would, I would think that that would be okay i mean it's a trailer they're not gonna it's not like not like the ritz where you have to worry about a damage deposit for yeah the, exactly so I mean, grass around the uh <laughs> i mean it to, I mean, to yeah. me it seems like it'd be a fun part of the adventure but part oh, of totally yes. part of me's like oh don't lock him up for eight hours while you work every day like boomer needs to be free like she'll get fat and gross and and I'm happy mm -hmm. to keep her here and walk her and do all the stuff I do. So I don't sure. know. We'll have to figure that out. But that was the original idea is that he would have his little dream container and he would take the dog with him and he would he would live like this this weird <laughs> late 60s sort of vagabond, you know, far west adventure. But we'll, yeah. we'll, we'll see how it goes. That's All cool. right, Brian, we got a great uh, email this morning I'd like to read from our good buddy Jeff Sire, a.k.a. Bronco, from Bromanville, Yay. Ontario, Canada. He says this. Scott and Brian. Did you say, Bro did you say Bromanville? What did I say? Yeah, I'm, it's Bowmanville, but I probably, what Bowmanville. did I say? Did I say Bromanville? It sounds like you said, might have said Bromanville, which he's our bro. Yeah. So, sure, I see where that was going. Then. He is kind of a bro. He is very much a man. So bro man <laughs> bro man. Yeah. Yeah. I like anyway. it. All right. Let's, let's, sorry. Let's get, Oops. <laughs> get to the letter. I don't know how I did that. All right. Uh, Scott and Brian, can either of you think of a movie you saw that started so differently from what you expected that you had to pause it and confirm you're watching the right movie? He says, for me, it was Monty Python and the meaning of life. When it started black and white in the office building, uh, sailing around like a, like a pirate ship, I had to eject the tape and make sure, says Jeff mm -hmm. Sire. I mean, I've had plenty of movies where, like, midway through, like, Dust Till Dawn, I was like, what are we even, what is this? Uh, I've had that happen, but I'm trying to think of a movie yeah. where I had to check it. I well, thought I was watching a movie about a bunch of toys that were talking to each other, but this is about some dumb snow globe living <laughs> on the fireplace hearth. <laughs> what a terrible, terrible fate that is. Oh, right, exactly. Uh, no, I can't think of any of the, I mean... I'm I can't think of any other too. movie where I felt like that because that's a great example. Because yeah, what is that? The uh, it's got such a great name, the something acquisition or the the battle of the mm -hmm. oh, what is that called? Uh, the I forgot. Um, the thing. It's because it's great because like all the <clears throat> like they start putting their uh, their ties around their head, mm -hmm. um, like uh, like bandanas and using paper cutters as swords and. I don't remember that. What is that? 
That you don't am- remember that? No, it sounds amazing. The crimson, the crimson permanent assurance. I don't remember that. You don't remember the crimson permanent assurance? No. Yeah, like so. Basically, it's a bunch of a bunch of guys working in an office building, and they're, uh, you know just working on acquisitions or something this conference but then in a, in the windows next to the conference room and again this is me remembering this is like you and that back to the future memory oh, thing yeah. that you did a while back <laughs> in the windows next to them the, another building kind of slides up kind of like a, another ship kind of saddling up to the to the main uh pirate ship and they look over and like all of a sudden like cannonballs oh! come through no fax machines and printers come through the yeah, windows now I remember. and and guys are swinging in suits three-piece suits into the uh but wasn't that uh, i thought that was in the now for something completely different thing where they no that's the beginning of uh the meaning of life which is funny because all the rest of that movie has to deal with birth and growing up and adolescence and maturity and puberty and and death and death yeah this is like a whole different thing like like i mean it's obviously it's a big terry gilliam thing and it's Ah, man, that might be one of my favorite things ever. Wow. By the way, fishy, fishy, fish. Yeah, that's right. Same movie. Uh, this is uh, the Crimson Permanent Assurance is Matt Frewer's debut performance. Max Whoa. Headroom's first Whoa. performance in anything was uh, in the Crimson uh, uh, Permanent Assurance. Did he have a a line, or is he just there? Probably just. There. I think yeah. I think he has a line. I think he's. Uh, I think he's uh, one of the uh, corporate. You know, one of the corporate suits. I just saw him the other day while Van was watching um, Hercules, Disney's Hercules. He's the voice of one of the little demon guys that works for Hades. Nice. Yeah, Matt Fre- Frewer from from tiny role in a Monty Python horribly misunderstood film to that. To, to uh, selling Coca-Cola products Yep. as a head in a... <laughs> oh, that's <laughs> right. Spinning. I forgot. Coke had him on, on for... Or yeah. Coke used him for years, didn't they? Yeah, and I think I'm trying to remember what came first. I know the TV show came last, the Max Headroom TV show. Yeah, um, I think the, key, the the art of noise, the art of noise thing, the Paranoia song and music video for that. I want to say that it was uh, Coke. Had that it be, just started out as a Coke thing, right? Uh, I don't know. Seems to me like there right. there was a small. He was do, not like you. See, it's hard for me to think of a world before YouTube or. You know where people yeah. could make their own thing, but it felt kind of like that. Like maybe there were these weird underground videos of him doing that, and then it caught on, and then the Coke thing happened. Yeah, but I'm trying to remember why would they use it before that? <laughs> why, like, where would the? Um... <laughs> Sorry, Tally in the chat. I have no idea what this shit is. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, well, Max Headroom, really? You don't know who Max Headroom is? Yeah, that's funny. Okay, so uh, Coke used him. So basically, it was a UK pilot US show. Yeah. It was an indie movie first. Yeah, I watched this with Tom for autopilot forever ago, but I didn't know. Well, what you it... watched the you watched the US. No, we did the UK one, the European one. Oh, really? Yeah, we did it okay. on purpose because we we were into that for that show. It was like if there was a a more originating version of something we would track it down and find it gotcha yeah okay here it is max headroom 20 minutes into the future a cyberpunk television film created by chrysalis visual programming for channel 4 in the uk to provide a backstory for max headroom a computer generated tv host yeah then it went on to be super commercialized and very strange Mm -hmm. Uh, that's right it was an mtv thing for a while too wasn't he wasn't there like he'd make appearances on mtv or my 
I mean, I have memory of that too. That was when Why? MTV was very weird and experimental with their interstitial stuff. So probably, yeah. Um, this would be something huh. you'd see on like Adult uh, Swim now. Like it's it's that kind of if you're if you're like, what the hell is all this? Uh, it, think of it that way. Like if you watch Adult Swim and they have all that weird in between stuff mm-hmm. and things, it's it's kind of that for that era. Kind of just a weird, and it became very mainstream though when the Coke thing happened. It did. It was like, oh, okay, well, and then it was like too commercial, and I kind of hated it then. But that's just because I hated everything commercial then. But right, anyway. right. and then Matt Frewer, Frewer, yeah, he's the explodey guy in the Stan TV uh, miniseries that was in the '90s. But he's also uh, lately just very interesting when he's in stuff now, uh, mm-hmm. kind of grizzled and gnarly looking, and really, I like him. Like I feel like Matt yeah. Frewer is underrated as a whatever he is, <laughs> a performer. Agreed. Yeah. yeah, no, I mean, he's been in, uh, he was in Spies Like Us. He was in the Supergirl movie with Helen Slater. Yeah. Oh, he was in uh, that Generation X. He has a little bit of a Marvel, a uh, little bit of a Marvel connection. Oh, he was Moloch in the Watchmen movie. Oh, right. Right, right, right. We just did that. Yeah. Yeah, we just yes, saw that. we did. Yeah. Was he in Lawnmower Man? No. Yes, uh, he was in Lawnmower Man 2 Beyond Cyberspace. Oh, okay. We haven't seen that one for film sake. No, we should. Uh, he was in something <laughs> called Twenty Bucks <laughs> as receding bingo winner. <laughs> Wait, was he receding or was his hair receding? Uh, I don't know. Was Maybe it like I've won? Winnings. I've won my winnings and then went. <laughs> Check out this. Okay, this is boy. Talk about your tangent, but uh, 1993 film called Twenty Bucks. Directed by Kiva Rosenfield. Listen to the people, the this, this stars. Okay. Uh, Linda Hunt, Brendan okay. Fraser, oh. Gladys Knight, Jeez. Elizabeth Shue, what? Steve Buscemi, uh. Christopher Lloyd, Whoa. William H. Macy, David Schwimmer, and Shori Agad- Agadashlu. You know that woman who has the, the really scratchy voice, uh, uh, Middle Eastern woman oh, who. Oh, she's on. Acts um, a lot of stuff. Yeah, she's in, the, she's in the Expanse. She's fantastic on there. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, she's yep. really good. You know what she is? She is she is a freak of nature. Heard of this thing? She's a freak of nature because the best I can tell, I've stared at her long and hard, okay? She doesn't look like she has had any plastic surgery done. No. And no. she's in her, I don't know, late 60s, early 70s, and she is still drop dead gorgeous. I don't know how yes. she does it, but and then she comes out with that voice that sounds like Harvey uh, what was that guy with the Harvey uh not Harvey Keitel, Harvey Weinstein, uh, not Harvey Weinstein, Weinstein. No. Harvey Harvey, you know who I Harvey mean. Harvey Danger. It's no, like, Harvey Homa, you're going to get the Minoxidil Homa. He was in that Simpsons right. episode. I can't think of his name. Yeah, <laughs> Harvey I know who you're talking Dent. about the... Firestein, Harvey <laughs> Firestein. Firestein. <laughs> 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 Harvey Dent. Oh, there's a lot of Harveys. She's uh, 67, by the way. Yeah, she is just she is something else, man. And she's so good yeah. on the Expanse. Oh my gosh, she's great on there. Yeah, she's great. House of Sand and Fog. Yeah, I forgot about that one. That yeah. was really good. So that's interesting, Matt Frewer. Hmm. Uh, yeah, how we got good there? Oh, uh, yeah. anyway, Jeff, my answer Monty is Python. I uh, the closest I can get to to this thing would be I sat down to watch a. Mark Wahlberg movie that was recent, the one about the oil spill, um, the BP mess. What was mm-hmm. that called? Shoot. Oil in the sky. Bur- let's burn this oil. I don't remember. It's got a name like that. And it came out right around the time his other movie about the Boston Marathon came out. 
Deepwater Horizon. That's it. Deepwater Horizon. Okay. <laughs> Let's burn the oil. <laughs> anyway, that thing happened, and I sat down in the movie theater to watch it. And when it started, I had the dis- I had this disquieting feeling that I was in the wrong movie, that I was in the wrong theater. And it took me until I saw Wahlberg. I went, "Oh, okay, wait, no, 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 we're good. He's this is it." But I don't know why. I don't know why that one in particular. I just felt I bumped him. I go, "Are we in the right theater?" Because <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I can't think. I can't think of that. Uh, can't think of a movie like that for me. Hmm. All right. Well, there you go. Good job there, Jeff. And uh, enjoy. Uh, I haven't seen Meaning of Life in a long time, but I wouldn't mind catching up with that again. It's a weird thing. What a weird movie. It is a really weird movie. There's a lot of uh, there's a lot of weird nudity in it. Yeah, not good nudity. Weird nudity. Weird nudity. Yeah. I mean, there's that scene at the end when... I always thought it was Michael Palin, but it wasn't. It was Graham Chapman's getting chased by all the, naked, the topless ladies. Yes. <laughs> and they're all lovely human right. beings, but... It's presented in such a way. It's just because it's a it's a world where uh, you get to choose the way you're going to be uh, executed. Yeah, and the every sperm is what's the thing? Every sperm. Every is sperm is sacred. Sacred is yeah. one of my favorite little musical numbers they ever did. The mm-hmm. "Where's my fishy fishy fish" thing is the weirdest thing ever. The barf scene still scarred me. I still think about it, or you know, all the time. Oh yeah, Mr. Creosote. Sure, I don't like it. That one's best, gross. best barf scene ever in a film. Oh, is there, can there even be? Is there anything that even come close? No. Uh, yes, the scene in Stand by Me where everybody's eating blueberry pies and then blueberry <laughs> vomiting on every on on each other. Wait, is that the one where they got? What am I thinking of? Where they get on the carousel after? Oh, that that wouldn't have been Stand by Me. No. Did they do that in uh, um, the Sandlot? Everybody got sick. Yeah, Sandlot, that's what it was. And everyone, everyone got sick on the carousel barf mm. thing. Or was it carousel, water, whatever it was. Anyway, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. That That's a comparable one, sure. Yeah, it's close. I mean, that's, uh, you know. But, it's, but that's only like one, that's one like one minute of a two-hour film. The creosote thing lasts for <laughs> 15, 20 minutes of uh, <laughs> him puking on the ladies, cleaning up the puke on the floor. and It's so ridiculous. <laughs> Oh my gosh. All right. Uh, let's take uh, our leave from that wonderful conversation and move sure. on into this. Hey, gang, here's some razzle dazzle news to flash to mom. All right. Time for the news brought to you by Razzle Dazzle News. Hey, there's a slight change this week for Boop. Dunaway had car problems, so we're now doing it tomorrow. 3 30 p.m. Mountain Time. Check it out, Boop. Yeah, tomorrow. Uh, he had a, I guess he had a thing where he left something with a dealer. How, how often does yeah. that happen to you? You leave a car at the dealer. Dealer says, okay, it'll be 15 minutes. Seven hours later, you're still dealing with it. Yeah. Oh, we found these other things that we need to address. Sor- sorry. Mm. Yeah. Annoyed. Problem Who's Child outside 2? I should have told you. <laughs> Dice Tomato says Problem Child 2 has a bad barf scene in it. Yeah, uh, he even gave us a link. Do you want to see it? I'm going to click it here. I see okay. it right here. Uh Mine says video unavailable. Oh, look at that cool ride! Oh, jeez. Now you want it? Sure, pal, that's why we're here. Oh, this is John Ritter. Oh, poor John Ritter, yeah. yeah. Let's see, let me scooch up here to where it gets bad. And and his wife, uh, Amy Yazbek. Yazbek? Yazbek. Yeah. yeah, that's what you want. Yazbek. Okay, this <laughs> kid is smiling. He's, okay, I'm just getting to the part. This is a long clip. It's like five and a half minutes. Well, I'm just waiting for. I mean, oh, geez, it is bad. 
<laughs> but it's obviously one of those like an SNL trick where they got like their hand up yeah. to the side and there's a hose up there and it's that yes. whole thing. Lame. All right. Hey, I've uh, been holding on to this story forever and uh, we're going to tell it now. Okay. I'm ready. Equifax or Equifax. I don't know how you say it. You know, they've been kind of in trouble for stuff. Just bad management, bad IT, mm -hmm. things like that. Well, now we found out that they used admin as a username and password for sensitive data. <laughs> yep. So the password was admin because it was admin, admin. Admin, admin. Uh. Equifax, also EFX on the stock exchange, used the word admin as both password and username for a portal that contains sensitive information, according to a class action lawsuit filed in federal court. This is happening in Georgia, um, but it's a, kind of a national thing. The ongoing lawsuit filed after the breach went viral on uh, Friday after BuzzFeed reporter came across this detail. Equifax employed the username admin and the password admin to protect a portal used to manage credit disputes, a password that is a surefire way to get hacked. It's not even getting hacked. That's just no. oh, that's leaving the door open. That's what that right, is. Right, exactly, yes. It's <laughs> leaving everything unlocked and just saying, you know, it's probably going to be one of the first things you try. Uh <laughs> yeah. How dumb is that? Oh, my gosh, this annoys yeah. me. Lawsuit also notes Equifax admitted using unencrypted servers to store sensitive personal information that had been uh, part of its public-facing website. Uh, it says here when Equifax won, I keep saying it the, the different way every time I say their name. Equifax. 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 One of the three largest consumer credit reporting agencies did encrypt data, the lawsuit it says. It left the keys to unlocking the encryption on public-facing servers, making it easy to remove the encryption from the data. So it'd kind of be like, this is all safe in this in this uh, safe here. I put all my important things in this safe and a little post-it note attached to it with the combination. <laughs> right. Dumbasses. Yeah. Uh, like Dice Tomato says, it's like leaving the key in the sun visor. <laughs> yeah. A little bit. A little bit. The uh, Oh, my gosh. Has that, anyone ever done that since movies do it all the time? Regular humans no. don't do it, right? No, no, nobody, nobody does that. Yeah. But when the guy gets out of jail or breaks out of the out of the the pen, and he goes to the car that's parked across the street, yep, and uh, flips down the the visor and the key falls in his lap, you know, it's here's how he goes. <laughs> this is how it looks. He goes, he checks here, he checks here, then he looks up here, pulls it down, drops in his hand, and he looks stoked, <laughs> puts it in <laughs> every time, oh. every single time. Move yeah. movies, dude, movies. Yeah, it's almost like they're making fact, it up. As a matter of fact, I think movies invented doing that. I think if anybody does it, it's because they saw it in a movie. And, That's how it and feels. Yeah. Saw that it ended really well for people. I can totally <laughs> see this. Uh, all right. Well, Equifax still in trouble. Well done, Equifax or uh, Equifax or. Do you hear that uh, Edward Snowden feller had an interview with uh, Joe Rogan? What? Yeah, really? Yeah, he went on Joe Rogan's podcast and did like a four-hour <sighs> marathon. Are we using Joe Rogan now as like you know one of our one of our top interviewers here? Like, is he? Well, he has the biggest podcast in the country, so I well, guess he did help invent podcasting. That's what they say. That's what the kids say. <laughs> uh, so Snowden says that he searched the CIA networks for proofs that aliens exist when he was there, and here's what he found. All right, so if you're a chemtrail believer or a Area 51 stormer. Oh, how did that go? By the way, Are we done with the Area Fifty One deal? They're they're done. Oh yeah, yeah. Did that come and go? Was there even a was there even a festival? I think they had kind of a party, right? Uh, I remember there was talk about there being a great big music festival out there, but um, Area Fifty One. Let's uh, just check. Let's see, September twenty second. Yeah, it's almost a uh, over a month old. 
Area 51 festival wraps up in Nevada. Earthlings head home. <laughs> All right. So they're done with that. As we knew, they would. Yeah. Be. Looks like, uh, I wonder how many people they know. There's it's like a shot of uh, a bunch of people, Naruto running. But it's it's like eight people, Naruto <laughs> running towards the gate. I mean, there's two things going on. That part of Nevada is actually very cold this time of year. So oh, really? why would they be there? Yeah, I'd get yeah. out of there. You got to really bundle up. The wind's bad. It's cold. So it's funny. not like snow cold, but you know, yeah. they got about three thousand people. It said campers said festival goers uh, peaked at about three thousand on Friday. Said Eric Holt. Eric Holt. Eric Holt. The uh, <laughs> Lincoln County official who headed planning for a feared influx of at least thirty thousand. Never happened though. No, thirty. No, but still, I mean, and then they did aerial uh, alien stock. Uh, and uh, but yeah, three thousand people. My favorite. Still, my favorite is, was a news when there'd be a news reporter and somebody would Naruto run behind the reporter. That was yes. amazing. <laughs> and that happened multiple times. That was great. Uh, that's the best. Um, yeah, we got <laughs> agree. Our uh, uh, Art engineer says, or no, sorry, Icor says we got a great gif out of it. It was all worth it for the gif. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes, do it for the gifs. That's worth it. Uh, or gifs, if you prefer. I don't care. That's right. Gifts or it didn't happen. Uh, all right. It says here, uh, as a former employee of the CIA and contractor for the National Security Agency, Snowden had access to some of the nation's most closely held secrets. And like any curious mind with access to CIA's version of Google might do, he went searching for answers about society's most pressing questions. For example, uh, the government, according to him, is not aware of any intelligent extraterrestrial life at all. He says, for the record, as best I can tell, that's where the conspirators will go, ah, oh, it's only the best he can tell. Aliens have never contacted Earth, or at least have <laughs> never contacted U.S. intelligence, Snowden writes in his recent memoir, Permanent Record. Also, the moon landing did indeed occur, he says. In case you're wondering, yes, man really did land on the moon. Climate change is real. Chemtrails are not a thing, he says. Okay. Gosh, this is really hard-hitting uh, stuff here. These are things. Yeah, I knew. it's like uh, there's you know there's uh, <laughs> there's ten percent of people out there going what, and then there's ninety percent saying, well, yeah, okay, yeah, yep. all right, okay, exactly. Um, he says, did he find out if dogs have brains? Because I really like wanted to know. <laughs> he decided to abstain from that one because of your horrible sentence structure. So he said no. He's not going to do that. Jeez, just getting a Kleenex, cat. <laughs> I just grabbed a Kleenex and she like freaked out like uh, like the, the the bottom was dropping out of her. Somebody, I wonder if somebody clipped that. Your Firefly hooker's getting cranky. <laughs> she is. Cranky old bat. <laughs> um, let's see. So, okay. So he was on this uh, Joe Rogan deal and he said outright, there is no evidence of aliens or chemtrails and the like. Uh, he says, I know, Joe. I know you want there to be aliens. I know Neil deGrasse Tyson wants badly to be aliens, uh, and there probably are, right, says Snowden, or says Rogan to him. Or no, no, I guess it's still him. He says, but the idea that we're hiding them, or that we are, uh, let's see, that we're hiding him, or we are hiding them, I had a ridiculous, I had a ridiculous amount of access to networks in the USA and the CIA, the military, all these groups. I could not find anything. If it's so hidden, and it could be hidden, it is hidden really damn well, even from people who are on the inside. Brian, does that yeah. uh, does that uh, belay your your fears that aliens are among us and that they've been here the whole time? Or, or yes. does, okay. I, I can right. now I can now sleep with both eyes closed. Good, That's I can good. now sleep with zero eyes open. Thank goodness for that. Very good. 
Perfect. All right. <laughs> Aliens confirmed. Yeah. yeah, I don't think I don't think that uh, he exposed anything that rational human beings uh, didn't already pretty much treat as fact. Most of us. It's uh-huh. still a majority, even though they got a, a, people who have wackadoo ideas have much more voice than they used to. So it seems like it's growing. But I'm here uh-huh. to tell you, it's not really. They just have a microphone. That's how oh. it works now. Back in the day, yes. like in the 60s, 70s, 80s, you didn't have the microphone. So it was always some fringe thing you'd only hear on you know, some pirate radio thing or on some right. weird right. newsletter. You just didn't hear it in somebody's zine, you know. But today, <laughs> that's right. Handed out on a street corner. Today they have the same tools everybody else does. So they're on Twitter, they're on 4chan, they're on Reddit, they're on wherever, and they can. Nice. And then, and then Edward Snowden flew home from the interview, went a little bit too far, and fell off the edge of the earth. The ah, end. The end. Flat Earth confirmed. <laughs> uh, all right. Here's a. Here's an Australian story. All right. Australia, we love you. This is a mysterious Aussie hotel. It's a luxury hotel. Okay. Uh, let's see. Ended up. Let's see. How does this work? Hold on. I, I can't understand. I can't even understand this headline. This headline makes no sense. Mysterious Mis- Aussie luxury hotel in North Korea that Kim Jong Un just trashed. Yeah, I don't know why that's a headline. Anyway, it was a luxury hotel of a, uh, of a kind the world had never seen before. Five star. Four Seasons Barrier Reef Resort opened up on the coast of Townsville in 1988 oh. as the world's first floating hotel. Okay. All right. So uh, so there once was a cruise ship. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> it's a cruise ship, but it's a hotel. I mean, the idea yeah. is that it was more of a... It was supposed to be stationary. It wasn't supposed to float around. But uh, anyway, it featured tennis courts, nightclubs, swimming pools, bars, restaurants, a helipad, almost 200 rooms across seven uh, stories. Is that how you spell stories when you're talking about buildings? That That's is uh, in Australia. Weird. That's how they spell stories. How would they say it, though, Brian? How would they say it? Stories. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we got them to do it, guys. We made it. By the way, quick promo. Yeah. Later this week on uh, Thursday, mm. uh, we're going to have uh, Ozzy Gidget Von LaRue on here to give us each an 80s, well, give us both, an 80s movie horror quiz. Oh, I thought she was Halloween. doing a... I thought she was doing a Mad Max Fury Road thing. Maybe she's not. She has that. She has that in the in the in the can ready for us. Okay. But um, she'll hold on to that. Yeah, exactly. But it's Halloween, so we need to we need to do a uh, horror movie quiz. Very nice. So it's a, it's the law. It's yeah, the law. It is the law. Looking forward to it. Oh, Amy Frost will be here for a minute too, talking about her. Uh, That's project. right. Talking about her new project too. Yeah. yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be ANTP season one reunion week. Yeah. A very a lot much less sausage fest than usual on this show. That's right. Oh, sorry, Alex Elbisu. Oh, oh, sorry, other people who are in season one. Oh, <laughs> sorry, uh, uh, the good doctor and everybody else who didn't make it. Oh. That's right. Sorry, Bridget and Everyone. Jerry Tolbert and Joe and and all of you <laughs> and the rest and the rest. <laughs> um. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. All right. <clears throat> oh, so here's the, how this ended up. Through a bizarre set of events, the following decade saw the hotel relocate of all places North Korea, where it played an unlikely role in a brief truce between the North and South. But this week, North Korean leader Kim Jong-un demanded it be demolished, finally ending the Australian hotel's truly bizarre 30-year history. We didn't even know yet, but we'll miss you. Yeah. 
Kim Jong Un. What a butt. Weird that he had the, you know, that he could. Oh, I guess okay. Relocated North Korea, you said so. Yeah. So once it was there, he said, "Get rid of it." They must it's have an sold. They must have sold Who it. needs tennis courts on a boat? They probably sold it to him, right? Years ago. I mean, we'd have to go. Probably, look it up, yeah, probably. Australia made a little s- scratch on that deal. <laughs> yes. Our final story today. <laughs> this is gross. A man saves his nail clippings for a year and turns them into an engagement ring. Oh, uh. that's adorable. Uh, when it comes to engagement rings, we know rings, rings, rings. We <laughs> look at those rings. I give her an engagement ring. <laughs> she is now married to me and wears a ring every day. Wears a ring every day. The ring is always on finger. Finger. This is finger. <laughs> this is how I know she loves me. We don't replace K with G. What is matter with you? <laughs> Uh, the British do sometimes. They'll say, uh, yes, something oh, yeah. they'll say and things like well, that. Well, yeah. And so something. Anyway, uh, we know not everyone will be able to afford a real diamond. That's nothing to be ashamed of. But instead of splashing for the cash, some couples decide to buy cheaper ones. My dad made, I said it on the show before, he made one out of a, uh, 7-Up bottle. And he ground down some glass for the ring part and then uh, made a kind of a diamond-shaped thing out of some of the other colored glass of, of the bottle. And made my mom's ring out of an old bottle, but it worked just like a ring. And it's partly because he was cheap and broke at the time, but he also, uh, it was kind of creative that way. So it's kind of a cool thing. It's an awesome, cool relic Super now. The cool. family yeah. loves it. Everybody fights yeah, I mean, over who's going to keep it. For my for my next wife, I'm totally going to be 3D printing <laughs> a, a ring. <laughs> Did you hear that, Tina? Listening to the show up there? <laughs> She's got a plan. I got a plan. Yeah. Close your ears, Tina. Get, get, a, get an air streamer or whatever they're called, streamliner thing, and hop in air there. Stream and we're just going to hop in there, drive across the country, and... Yeah. Make yep. fake rings. It's going to be great. That's right. It says here, uh, uh, this guy, let it be known that some people on social media have seen a, a whole new uh, side of this. Uh, they draw the line in engagement rings made from man's fingernail clippings. Yes, it seems a man spent an entire year collecting his nail clippings to be turned into a diamond ring. The whole process was shared on Twitter in disturbing viral video. Uh, the South China Morning Post, the Chinese dude, or no, it's a Japanese guy, but they, they got posted in China. Uh, Japanese guy who creates videos on YouTube under the name Kiwami Japan mm. collected his fingernail clippings for 365 days and filmed the process of them being turned into a piece of jewelry. Once he had collected this sufficient amount of clippings, the man started to put them into a blender. However, this, oh. did, this did not give the desired consistency, so he then ground them into a very fine powder before mixing it with water in a pan, and then it goes on and on and on until he finally Ugh. did it. Yeah, it's foul. It's foul. It's not right. Yeah. Uh, he should be arrested for something. I don't know. Ah, man. It's like, I don't necessarily want to know more, but did the nail clippings make the ring itself, or did he make the gemstone out of... Ah, see, again, I don't want to know you this. You don't want to know that, do you? You don't want to know if it's no, the ring? I you... don't... Stop asking questions if you don't want to know the answers, yeah. Brian. No, I... I... I'm with you. I was trying to find yeah. some video. I'm sure it's out there, but what he probably did is figured out a way to compress that all into a diamond. But the thing I would ask is why the fingernail? Why not something else? Like why right. not a? I don't know. I made you. I made you an Apple Watch band from my own human hair. <laughs> oh, Mister Tench, have I not told you how I made this? Made this. Hello, thing. Agent Ford. Hello, Agent Tench. <laughs> Would you like to have a new Apple Watch band made from? 
the human hair of my victims. <laughs> uh, we laugh because it's old. He's old. Actually, I think he's dead. <laughs> he's la- we laugh because he can't do anything to us or where he's at. It was a long time ago. What was his, what's his name again? Ed Kemper. Ed, Ed Kemper. Ed Kemper. I just want to see if he's still alive. I can't remember. The real Ed Kemper. It's weird how they replaced all the photos of Ed Kemper on the internet with uh, photos of that guy from uh, yeah. uh, from Mindhunter. It's just amazing how yeah. they just replaced him. It's weird how it almost looks exactly the same. Oh, he's still here. Yeah, he's, he's, still, uh, he's still alive. He's 70 se- years old yep. and living in uh, the California Medical Facility. Yep. Uh, what does that mean? I guess he's in for brain, or he's like a, he's a patient for brain, right? Yeah. Yeah, he's a patient for a brain. patient for brain. <laughs> <laughs> the paranoid schizophrenic under. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's interesting. All right, well, he should probably die soon. It's not not a good. Idea. <laughs> he's a kind of a terrible human being. Let's put it that way. Yeah. All right. God, do you wonder if there's anybody listening to us in jail? Oh, if anyone does, they can send mail. Uh, I would love. Yeah, I would love to know if anyone listens to us from prison. Yeah, has anybody done that? Yeah. And if they haven't, will they? <laughs> <laughs> if anyone, if anyone in our tadpool goes to prison, will you find out if there's other people in prison listening to us? Yeah, I'd be really curious about that because they do get yeah. they get access to certain things. I wonder if internet based stuff those off the record or not or yeah, off the tables. Yeah, I don't know how they. I don't. You know. know, we've seen we've seen phones get smuggled in the uh, prison pocket. Yeah, that's true. It's happened. All right, well, inmate 5945, enjoy the song Brian's about to play for you. <laughs> this one goes out to those of you at uh, Singer Hill Maximum Security. There you go. Uh, all right, uh, here is our Indian in the Middle. It is a an L.A. underground group known as the Growlers. Um, last Friday, they dropped their brand new. They dropped it. Dropped it, Scott. Whoa. And then they picked it up and they held it up in the air and then they dropped it again. A uh, brand new album called Natural Affair. The uh, singer Brooks Nielsen and the music director and guitarist Matt Taylor, uh, they've got kind of a swampy DIY aesthetic with uh, synths um, kind of complemented by warm, um, uh, you know, warm vocals and other acoustic instruments. Nice. It's really good. They're really, really good. Uh, The Growlers, brand new album, Natural Affair. This is the title track. Go check it out if you like it. Again, here are the Growlers. All right. See you guys on the other side.
missing everything you need in your talking about vistro again vistro v-e-e-s-t-r-o the whole episode is brought to you by them vistro is a nationwide 100 plant-based meal delivery service in fact vistro is the number one plant-based meal delivery service in america no prep work chopping or cleaning involved all vistro meals can be heated and served so you can enjoy a hot healthy and delicious meal whenever you're hungry mm, making me hungry thinking about it right now vistro meals have no added preservatives no organic ingredients Sorry, using only organic ingredients, not non-organic. And fresh frozen for maximum taste and nutrition. They keep in your freezer for up to 10 weeks. If you're like me, that's a good thing. We all know that a plant-based diet is better for your health and the environment, but changing the way you eat can be intimidating. Many people don't know where to start. Bistro makes it easy because the foods are delicious. The chef is one of the best in the business with over 30 years of experience crafting plant-based meals. And since Bistro only serves plant-based meals... Well, they really, really are good at it. We're talking healthy, hearty, and satisfying meals like country fried chicken, Tuscan uh, calzones, enchilada casserole, red curry, lots, lots more. Uh, Speaking of the enchilada casserole, not even a thing I would normally go, oh, I'm in the mood for a casserole. So good in this case. I'm not kidding. I really liked it, and I think you will as well. It's really fantastic, and, uh, you know, you could do... Listen, I'm a, I'm normally a meat guy. I don't want to freak anybody out, but normally I like the meats. And this was a case where I was happy to not have the meats. I didn't miss it. Uh, whether you're already vegan or vegetarian or just looking for more plant-based meals in your diet, whatever you are, Vistro is a convenient and delicious solution, especially if you're busy and don't always have time or energy or the inspiration to cook. That's me to a nutshell. Breakfast, lunch, dinner. Vistro offers you all of that. Covers you for 50 meal options. You can customize your meal plan around your tastes, including meal plans for weight loss. Vistro offers free shipping on all orders. And right now, our listeners can save 30% off Vistro meal, uh, your first one, your meal purchase from Vistro, by using our code TMS. That's right. Visit Vistro, V-E-E-S-T-R-O.com, and use the code TMS to save 30% off. No commitment. Pause or cancel any time. But you can only save 30% with our code TMS. Do it today. Don't know if I really trust you. Don't know if there's really any difference between slingers and the pirates that killed my Paul. They'll just have to go somewhere else to find one. My Paul. When the moon hits your eye like a big pizza pie, this is The Morning Stream. All right, welcome back to the show, everybody. 
Continue down this road uh, so that we can enjoy one another's company and talk to more people. Like Bill Duran. Yes. Yeah. He's coming in. Hold on. There we go. Adding him. Uh, yeah, look at her. I just saw your po- your post. Oh, yes. Just beautiful. I know. She's 65 years old in that photo. Beautiful. Beautiful, yep. beautiful lady. Talking about uh, Magna Lagdashu. Magna Lagdashu. That's the name. Yes. yes Nailed exactly it. it. All right. Yep. Here, here's this. But Bill just isn't thinking about danger. Isn't he, though? It's Bill Duran, everybody, no. from uh, PunishProps.com over there at the uh, Seattle surrounding area. And we're always happy to have him on. Hello, Bill. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Doing pretty good over here. Oh, fantastic. Got my cat buddy next to me just hanging out. Yeah. Drinking, are you drinking a green a green opaque beverage this morning? No, I've got a normal uh, bacon, eggs, and potatoes breakfast this morning. Ah, yum. Yes. That sounds all right. I'm still... Glad I can keep you guys up to date. I'm yes. Back, I'm back full time no, on the have... intermittent fasting, so I cannot have <laughs> awesome food like that in the morning until this is over. Mm. Anyway, what, Brian? Sorry, I cut you off. I was going to ask you: you're, Are you doing BlizzCon this year? This is uh, this was no. a regular thing for you guys too, where you 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 know debut some cool new costume yeah. there. No, we're not going. We we uh, went to Scotland this year. That was kind of a mm. big trip, so yeah. we called off uh, BlizzCon. But I am sad because so many of my friends are going to be there yeah. from around the world, and I'm going to miss them. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that's the sad thing. It's like, I know, all right, you know, Scott's not going, and a few other people kind of in our immediate vicinity aren't going. But then I hear about people who are, it's like, oh, man, you're still going? Dang it, that was my one time of year I'd get to see you guys. And Yeah. yeah. I, I'm, I'm going to yeah. miss seeing Blizzard people. I'm going to miss seeing... Um, I'm going to miss seeing Gary from Lot B. Yeah, that's Gary from Lot B. That's why I'm going to miss the most, Scarecrow. Yeah. <laughs> going to miss seeing Garrett and Patrick and all those guys. But it yeah. is also kind of a weird year because all the people I usually uh, see there are not going. Like... Brian's not there. Tom's not going. I'm not going. Bill's not going. Uh, uh, John, Bo, all them not going. Like it's weird. It's a weird year. Mm-hmm. But uh, my and none. Of, the funny thing is, no, nobody had none of anyone that I just mentioned's reasons have anything to do with the big dust up right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's all to do. I mean, part of me is glad I don't have to deal with what is going to probably be a weird crowd issue, security thing, other stuff that's going to be a pain in my butt. But. But it's not because of any of those reasons. Uh, a lot of people just assumes it is. But I don't know. Weird year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're doing a. I'm doing a BlizzCon BlizzCon coverage thing on Friday with a live watch of the uh, the opening the ceremonies. opening. Yeah, I'm gonna do that with John cool. and Bo, and we'll do you know some good commentary, and so we'll try to have some fun with it. But uh, I will tune in for that because I uh, I'll be watching. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And there was another huge leak, which I will not mention here because I don't want to spoil it for people avoiding leaks, but. Let's just say War World of Warcraft had a giant leak yesterday. A gigantic oh, really? leak. Oh, yeah. Oh, I didn't hear about that. Humongous wow. leak, if you follow such things. If you don't, then you're not going to care at all. Uh, but I'll <laughs> tell you what I do care about. It's uh, broadening our horizons when it comes to making cool stuff. And there's no one better for that than Bill Duran, who comes on Tuesdays and talks about those very things. So, Bill, what's going on this week? Today, I want to talk about selling your work, how to sell your creative work, the options that are available, which are plenty. So you're a, you're a maker, you make some sort of thing. Let's say you're, you're Scott, you're a sculptor. You, uh, let's say you sculpt out of, out of, uh, exotic animal poop. Oh, artist. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. But only exotic. 
Only exotic animal poop. That's your thing. But you're really good at it. And people have noticed online and they say, Scott, I would like to buy some of your exotic animal poop sculptures. Sure. How do I buy them? So you've got some options. And since you're on the internet, there are tons of online options that are really great. Uh, the first one, and I think the best one, is that you have your own website. A whatever, scottsdinosaurpoopsculptures.com or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. Your own website with your store on it, with everything you on it, right? Mm -hmm. So that you own it, you can take care of it, and you get to say what happens on that website. You're not beholden to Etsy or eBay stores or, yeah, it makes sense. Facebook Marketplace. Fecal, Mm -hmm. it's going to be fecaldino.com. That's what I'm going with. Yeah, there we go. Fecaldino.com. I like it. Uh Uh, So the trouble here is you have to build the site yourself, although it has never been easier. I constantly say if i can build a terrible website that works well enough anyone can because i'm bad at making websites <laughs> sure visit squarespace.com yes yes <laughs> yes um ours is uh uh was it wordpress we we use yeah. wordpress yeah. um i made it 10 years ago and it barely works but it works mm-hmm. uh the other challenge there is you it, it is up to you to drive people to your website. There's no one who's going to be searching for it automatically. Mm-hmm. So you've got to get the word out yourself. Mm. Uh, you mentioned Etsy, which is another really great option. And I do recommend, especially if you're just getting started, having your own website, but also having a presence on Etsy. Mm. See, the, the cool thing about Etsy or eBay or other places like that is people go there to look for stuff, even if they don't know who you are. So they may happen upon your stuff, mm-hmm. which isn't going to happen sense. if... Unless you're an exotic animal poop aficionado, you're probably not going to be searching. <laughs> I mean, for you Scott's know, there website. are there are the uh, the the numerous conventions where Scott would be able to have oh, a yeah, yeah. booth. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> sure, 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 sure. Hey, um, by the way, so, yeah. I, I want to throw out a name real fast while you're talking, and you can't see this sadly, but the chat room can see it. Brian can see it. This is a. Um, it looks like a fossilized cassette tape. It does, yeah. In yeah, a fossil. I also have a PS. One or PS2 controller fossil over there. It's got a memory card and a PS2 controller embedded in rock like that. Anyway, it's this place called heartlessmachine.com and everything Bill's describing is kind of this. By by that I mean this is somebody making kind of a weird offshoot strange thing that you can kind of only get in one place and uh, I ran into it. I can't even remember how I found it. Totally at random. But uh, definitely go check these guys out, heartlessmachine.com, and look at their modern mm-hmm. fossils. They have an iPod, a Game Boy. Uh, that is so cool. There's a there's a brand new one he just did with uh, AirPods that is brilliant. Um, but the is idea it is with it, the just regular AirPods, Scott, or the AirPods Pro. Uh, who knows? <laughs> there's no uh, hair dryer bulbous thing on the end of them, so probably not the Pro. <laughs> it does say so. They give them names like Arasantis Carolanti Denta. Or whatever, but it's they give these like the name scientists would give them as if we're a thousand years in the future and we don't know what the crap this is. It's pretty great. <laughs> anyway, so an example as you move on. Sorry, keep going. Yeah, no, it's, that is fantastic. So Etsy is a great place to find stuff like that. Uh, eBay, um, just a thing to remember. It's great for discovery, but it's also very competitive. Mm-hmm. There may be another exotic animal poop sculptor on Etsy that you're competing with. You don't know that until you go check that out. So it's worth doing some research, finding out ways to stand out from everyone else when you're doing an eBay or Etsy. Right. Um, and also remember that they take a cut of your sale, too. Oh, so, good point. Yeah. 
Yeah, now I'm not saying that's a bad thing. They got to make their money they too. They help promote. They help promote you. I mean, there's you yeah. know, good you just off. you just have to keep uh, account for that when you're running your numbers and everything. Right. Um, and then there's other places. Uh, for example, if you're into prop and costume making, like the Replica Prop Forums Junkyard, there's a part of their forum just for buying and selling stuff. So if you have a fandom that you're into that has a forum or a Facebook group or something like that, mm-hmm. check and see if they have a place where they trade or sell or share crafts of any kind. Right. Uh, the the junkyard on the RPF is the, the only example I could think of. Uh, and you do have to be a member of the um, RPF in good standing to participate in the, in the junkyard. So just knows that, know that if you're participating with private groups when it comes to buying and selling stuff there may be rules so it's worth checking into what kind of things would you have to do to violate those rules do you know like a good example Um, of that so you if you go on the forums and act like a turd all the time uh (laughs) then people will be like that guy's a jerk i don't want to talk to him Uh, or if you try and sell stuff or scam people on the junk the junkyard you can get in trouble uh, basically, they want people just to have a, an account that's been there a long time and that who isn't going to be a turd to people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's really what it boils down to. Sure. I can see <laughs> don't that. Don't be a turd. Yeah. Rule don't number be one. A turd. Yeah, I feel like that's, uh, but, a good, that's a good rule of thumb, generally speaking. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then of all the things I just listed, um, all of them are good. Do all of them, especially if you're just getting started. Um, you don't know where your stuff's going to take off. Hopefully, people will find your website, but that may not be the case. Um, your Etsy may blow up one day, and then you're like, oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, when you're getting started, putting your stuff in as many places as possible where people can find it, it's always a good thing. Nice. Uh, and then in person, if you want to try and brave the crowds and sell your stuff to people in person, it's been a great time for that, too. Uh, I've done a bunch of conventions uh, where you got a booth, like an artist alley, and you try and sell your stuff. Scott, I remember you did uh, uh, Salt Lake Comic Con. Yeah, I did uh, a when booth I was there one year. Yeah, the uh, Bill, his stink bag, and um, right. and my Johnson were all <laughs> were all at the thing, <laughs> and uh, we did uh, yeah, we did a table, and it's uh, it's funny that was an interesting experience because the table right next to us, um, we got to chatting with them, and. I think she was an artist. Her husband just kind of helped with the table. I can't remember how that worked. Maybe they're both artists, but um, they were really curious because they were like, I don't really see what these things do in tables. I said, oh, well, mostly my stuff's online. And they were having a hard time doing anything online. So mm-hmm. they were all tables all the time. That was the gig. And they were really struggling to break into that side of it. And I thought that was interesting because, uh, you know, we started talking shop and I'm like, well, how many prints do you move per show? And they would say that. And then I would, they'd say, how much are you moving online? I'd say that. And they were just shocked. They were shocked you could mm-hmm. sell that kind of stuff on the internet. And so even those who are like, you know, all in the world out there, like in it to win it, this is still a bit of a barrier, at least, you know, at least mentally. So this is good stuff to oh, yeah, hopefully yeah. help them on their way. And I recommend if you're mostly an online person, giving the in-person thing a shot, you may take to it. Like I very much enjoy being... Uh, a barker being a, a salesman really you know <laughs> roping people in trying to hawk my wares i enjoy that other people don't mm. um but also it gives you an opportunity to meet your customers face to face yeah um you cannot replicate that experience online at all right um so that the i find the customers the people i meet in person the people i sell stuff to in person um are much more likely to follow through online or uh, be a repeat customer um, online later on. 
So highly recommend giving the old in-person thing a try. Conventions are really awesome, uh, but also just local craft fairs. Um, they happen all the time if you live anywhere near a, a decently sized city. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of times, Artist Alley and craft fairs are juried if they are uh, frequently full. So you may have to get in early. You may have to submit your work uh, to see if they'll even uh, give you a spot. So just keep in mind for that. Uh, I would say that juried shows are probably better. It's harder to get into them, but it means they're popular for a reason. Usually yeah, because a lot of people it. don't buy stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Um, so yeah, that's definitely worth a shot. I've done a little bit of all of these things. Uh, and I recommend everyone try all of them if you're trying to hawk your wares. Mostly just because you may find a thing that you really love doing. You may not know that you love trying to sell your stuff to people in person. Yeah, that's true. And like you said, I don't. I don't. It's almost like it doesn't matter where you're from. There is something of some level you could go to and mm-hmm. and get involved yeah. with. There's like a thriving Salt Lake City sort of craft fair scene here. So yeah, locals here do really well there. I don't know if anyone's ever heard of Heather Mahler before, but she's this amazing amazing local artists and they've hired her the city's hired her to do stuff like on on uh, track stations and all this kind of thing anyway that's how she she does it she goes to these things she hobnobs there and brian you know her because she's uh she's um i'm eric Mahler's sister you know eric from it comes oh. all the shows and stuff comes to nertacular yeah. all the time yeah Cute okay it's all that he didn't recognize the name until he's a great artist himself but she uh mm-hmm. she's really killing it and um yeah and it's all because you know she's kind of got local legend status uh, which is pretty rad so i like it that's good suggestions uh anything else going on there? oh you usually give us a little bonus thing or something you got a little something yeah i got a fantastic recommendation for you if you go on youtube and look up my mechanics mm-hmm. he is a tool restoration channel doesn't talk at all very sort of slow these are the videos i watch late at night when i'm getting ready for bed hubba hubba yeah, so he'll take a really old, rusty tool. This one, the video is a uh, block plane from, like, the turn of the century. Yeah, the last one, not old. the most recent yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it looks he, like something like 1888 or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. and he, uh, he strips it everything down and restores it until it's perfect. It is so satisfying. Wow. I mean, would you be, if you were, I mean, this is a probably a dumb thing, but... If I was him, I would be really torn because mm-hmm. having it in its rusty form is kind of rad in yeah. its own right to, you know, have that right. kind of displayed as this ancient thing. But mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, how it, cool is that thing? Like looking at it, yeah, you know, it's, it's like rad. super cool. Looking. Yeah, it is. I will say that since he filmed the entire process, now you've got this really cool um, documentation or so, let's say documentary on the life of this tool and it preserves the previous state right the before image mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you get to enjoy it in the after as well that's true so yeah, it's so. kind of cool that since he documented it you get the best of both worlds that's crazy that would that's what that would have looked like then oh wow right i think he restored it a lot nicer than it would have been off the shelf in 1893 yeah, exactly. i mean he's using like metal that that uh probably wouldn't have been available in that form I mean, I well, I guess I shouldn't assume anything because I jumped from the very beginning to the very end. But did he make new metal parts for it? Things that just um, there, I, th- I believe there are a couple of parts that needed to be remade. Yeah. Uh, yeah, but they probably didn't have a two component primer back then. They probably didn't have a buffing wheel quite like he had because he gets everything to a mirror finish. Yeah, oh, wow. so good. This dude is into it. All right, that's awesome. 
Uh, big channel, too. He seems to be doing just fine. Oh, yeah. My Mechanics, it's called. Not Mike and the Mechanics. Don't get him confused. Yeah. <laughs> these, are not, these are not the living years you're looking for. No, they're not. Bill Duran is the guy we're looking for, though. And if you want to find him, it's easy. Chinbeard on Twitter. PunishProps.com is the website. His YouTube channel is Punish Props. Bill, have a fantastic week. See you later. See you next time. Very cool. Bye now. All right. That is pretty rad. Yeah. It makes me realize I don't have patience for things. <laughs> well, I mean, you have a different focus, you know? I mean, he probably looks and says, wow, I don't know how this person puts together so many shows and does so much art in all that time. And, you know, I guess just... that's it because it's like I, the way you are with music, the way you curate it, I can't yeah. even imagine it. Like I look at that yeah. and I look at the size of your library and I look at your music knowledge and just the history of music that you know. And I have the same reaction of like, I couldn't do that. I can't freaking do that. And you're right. It's the um, same thing. Everybody's got their thing. Find your thing, yeah. everybody. Dig, dig dig deep in your place and find your thing. <laughs> All right. That's right. And then devote a lot of time to it so other people can look at it and say, wow, that's impressive. Yes. That's what we want. So people yep. talk about it on a podcast. That's our goal. All right. We're going to get, uh, uh, you may be familiar with his work, Justin Robert Young in here. Oh, that guy. I've heard of that guy. Yep. And now you'll hear more of him. These are their stories. Oh, I'm terrible with names. The jury will now retire. No, you don't. Don't leave yet. I wasn't supposed to play don't it. Retire. No. Uh, no. Hey, everybody, check it out. It's Justin Robert Young on the line. Hi, Justin. Good morning. Hi, friends. How are you? Good. We're all right. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Stuff going on. It's always a little sad the day after we have to let somebody go on ANTP, but I, I get over it. it. Takes me a couple days. Oh I, yeah, I don't yeah. love it. I don't love well, that. We have to do that every week, though. I know. I know. But the further we get into the season, the more we grow attached to these people. And, yeah, uh, it's hard for me. Bungs me um, out, or bums me, yeah. not bung. Sorry, I said it bungs me out. You say bungs you yeah, out? I don't know even what that means. Bungs me out? What would that bungs even mean? Bungs me out. My my bung is out. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, like a. <laughs> Yeah, no, no, terms. no. You want to know what? No. Let's let's just leave yeah. it there. We'll leave it there where it lies. Okay, great. Uh, Justin comes uh, on Tuesdays. Talk well, about. I mean, yeah. I, 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 just sorry to, to to go to next top sure. real quick. Uh, I have kind of like gone the other way, where I I kind of feel like there's just no point to any of us doing any of it unless we're being honest. Mm -hmm. And so like, uh, you know, and you guys will hear everything that 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 happens, but like, uh. There's been time for some honesty lately. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and like, mm -hmm. uh, I would believe me, I would love it if there were a lot more nitpicking <laughs> and a lot less honesty. Uh, <laughs> it should be a friendlier thing. But yeah, I would yeah. trust me. That's my number one thing I would like to do is just like ah, a few notes. I would love yeah. it if everything would just be a few notes. Uh, sure. But sure. It, it has to be uh, harsh sometimes or else, you know, what? Uh, what's everybody i don't want to disrespect the people that uh you know have put in a ton of time and effort in either this season last season or future seasons or or yeah the entire process deserves uh honesty and it gets it and it's great and especially lately it's been like raw but it just leaves me spent that's all like the next day yeah. i'm just like a little bit oh uh, a little melancholy you know just because, and I yeah, know it's not that big I mean, a deal because then we're on to the next one, and yay, here comes some more cool content. And oh, oh, someone else has got to go home. We got to do it all over again. But it's just a weird cycle for me. I do, yeah. I do also just think uh, that we are in 
Uh, you want to know what? I totally lost my train of thought. So if I were if I were being judged on the show, then you should criticize. We're in me. week seven. Is that what you say? Or we're in? No, uh, no, 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 no. I mean, not not America? about where we are. No, no, no. I think just in 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 the phase we are in the competition. Yeah. Uh, you know, it, it is it is now the time. Oh, oh I know what I was going to say. The, a lot of the things that I think happen with these are are kind of behind the scenes mm-hmm. on and and there's mm-hmm. decisions that we don't even know about as judges. Right. And mm-hmm. that's the one thing that does bum me out is that uh, there have been times, sometimes explicitly, where people that have gone home were like, yeah, would have been great if people would have listened to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. You yeah. know, yeah. Right. a couple and, of those. And that that knowing that if if that is peaking up uh, out of the water a little bit, then there's no doubt that it is more pervasive. Oh, and, I'll, I'll be honest that I think it was primarily one person i don't and, I, I, we don't need to go i'm, uh, I'm not <laughs> trying to get into wait why are you spoiling your own show i'm supposed no, to be no, the no, one that's holding okay, like yeah you're the one on. why are you doing it no don't, you shouldn't spoil you your own show you goaded me into it you brought you, you no i in, was man. not i was Every saying, it, I, I, was saying out, general, I was saying i'm saying in general yes. in general uh, uh collaboration is hard collaboration under pressure is even harder yes and collaboration <clears throat> under pressure where one of three judges are going to yell at you is is even harder than that so uh, <laughs> or two or two of three judges as the case has been in a couple exactly uh, lately episodes. like yeah. so yeah. uh uh that's that it's yeah. I, I think that that breeds uh decisions that either explicitly or implicitly lead to people saying man if only if mm-hmm. only i would have mm-hmm. said if only i would have done and that's the thing that bums me out because sure. Sure. Uh, that's something where it, it's below the surface, you know, and yeah. there's nothing that I can say about it. And we're not the kind of show where we're as judges, we're there to like probe into like, like, you know, for real, whose idea was this? Mm-hmm. Like, don't lie. Don't protect. Either you're going right. home or they're going home. Right. Like, Somebody not, better step not, forward for this one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We're not we're not that kind of show. And so uh, that is that's something that uh, I don't know. If, if I want to think that weighs on me. That's it mm-hmm. for for season three. And don't worry, season three is is uh, you know not not right around the corner. But for season three, I'm definitely going to be looking to uh, the judges, kind of like I did with uh, Tom uh, currently for for one of our challenges to ha- kind of have you guys help pick some really cool challenges. Because um, listen, comedy week is always going to be a bear, no matter what we do for it. But but I do want to get some ideas for things that you're like, oh, you know, what'd be really cool, Brian, is if we did a challenge focused around this kind of show or this kind of this kind of challenge mm. that maybe not maybe isn't necessarily a show, but is a a skill that needs to be learned in in the field of podcasting. Sure. So why not? Yeah, absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, let's talk about impeachment then instead. Yeah, let's talk about that. Yeah. Um, so last time we talked, it seemed like things were going a little cold. Um, and I agree, yeah. I agree with you. It seemed like they were just like, all right, well, what are we doing now? And and then a lot of weird stuff happened since then uh, that we don't have to even get into that have nothing to do with it. But apparently the 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 official vote to impeach, which I guess they don't legally even need, but that's happening. So let's go a little politics here. What does that mean? Uh, how does that mean things are moving faster than we thought? Like, I don't even know how to gauge it. Uh, so the answer is yes. Uh, this process has always been moving faster, at least according to um, internal reporting on what the Democrats wanted to do. They want this thing to be wrapped up by the end of the year. Mm. Um, and there, I think, are only 19 sessions between now and then. 
of uh, the House of Representatives. So that means that they're going to have to move pretty fast. I was critical of the the House Democrats uh, for not putting this public, uh, you know, sooner than than later, and not because uh, I, I think that they necessarily had to, but I, I do think it's because they should have. Mm. Uh, this, you know, impeachment is a public process. And it is one that is guided poli with politics and popularity. And so if you have people that are out there that you believe are, are helping your cause, then you want them to be in front of the public so they can see you. And, and if you, you know, if we're, we're going by effectively now uh, things that are being repeated or disseminated from private uh, uh, hearings into the press and public eye. Right, right, right. I don't think that that engenders uh, engenders support inherently. And beyond that, I think it leaves yourself open to the flank that the Republicans attack them on, which is this is secret. This is a kangaroo court. This is bleep blah blue. Right. So, yeah, here's what's happening. Because because politically speaking, just real quick, if there a lot of who has been made about the idea that the Republicans actually. Uh, made, approved, and signed these rules when Boner was in. Boehner, sorry. What was his name? Boehner? Boner? John Boehner? Boehner. John Boehner. It yeah. Lo it looked like Boner. Anyway. It's spelled Boner, and let's be honest. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway. You know, you, know, you, know, he's, you know he's a weed man now. Oh, I didn't know that. Is he a oh, weed really? man? He's in, he's in the weed business. He's, in, mm. he's on the big 420. <laughs> Sweet. The, the Fortune 420? That's awesome. Fortune <laughs> if they don't yeah. do a Fortune 420, Fortune's doing it wrong. Oh, anyway. God, if they... You'd think that would be like one of the local magazines here has to be doing a Fortune 420. Yeah, you got to use that term. Get on it, somebody. But anyway... They only uh, get through seven and they forget what they were working on. So... <laughs> <laughs> nice so they so so a lot of who has been made about that but i understand the political tool that it is to say even though they, i think they all know better to say ah you're doing this behind closed doors this is a secret thing this is not fair and even though the 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 inquiry part of this is not the trial part of this and the trial part of this is when you get to have all of your face your accuser stuff and all that other crap that they keep complaining about i understand the political tool it is to ignore all that and just say hey you know why why all the secrecy so I'm with you. Like, just don't have anything be secret. Just come out and do it. Like, why not just do it? You're gonna well, do and it. And that's and that's and that's what they're doing now. So so uh, Thursday they are going to vote uh, on impeachment. This does two things, and this is part of the reason why the Democrats wanted to avoid it, is they wanted to go as long as possible and build up as much um, as much uh, pressure on uh, impeachment before they made people go on the record to vote okay uh because voting on impeachment means that you have to be on the record saying i'm for at least this stage of impeachment and mm -hmm. and that is something that they did not want to have to do until they had uh, assurances and again appropriate amount of public pressure on the process so uh they feel like they are there now and that is what's going to happen thursday interesting and then uh it, does that mean from then on all hearings slash depositions are I, I don't know if it's all. I do know that there will be televised hearings going forward. So uh, effectively, this past now, congratulations from now until uh, New Year's Eve. 
this will be the only thing that anybody is going to talk about. And then we'll see whether or not uh, the Senate votes on this before or after the uh, winter recess. Right. Because if they because that's it, like there's no if they don't if they were going to push for a vote by then. There's no do overs like this is just it. You're either doing it or then there's the election and we see if he stays in as an elected official or not. Like that's just. That's how this process. I mean, works. yeah. Although I, I, I do. I know politically those things are connected. It, it is kind of weird to me that that we do connect them. Uh, you know, now though, because I mean, impeachment should be disconnected from the vote, right? Right. Like, like it should be like, all right, if we're we're dealing with high crimes and misdemeanors, we're talking about removing a president, and it's never happened. Right. Like we have never impeached and removed a president. Sure. Nixon likely would have faced that fate and he left. Mm -hmm. uh, we've had a few that have been impeached, but not removed. But it's like this is kind of stuff that like, you know, this is break glass in case of emergency. Uh, not like, eh, we'll see if we get him here. And then eh, yeah. if not, we'll get him in November. Right. Like mm -hmm. that's that that to me, I just uh, and beyond this is a meta, meta, meta thing that if there's one thing I am very much a live in the moment uh the the chaos is part of the process we've gone through more turbulent times kind of guy but if i were to indulge the the fear mongering the thing that does worry me on a meta level is that these impeachment things are kind of getting historically like closer together from mm. like nixon to clinton and then clinton mm. to trump it's like i really don't want to live in a world where every yeah, president free. Yeah, yeah, faces impeachment because somebody exactly. disagrees. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. No, I bet we're getting we're getting to a we're definitely getting to a uh, a stage where every single presidential uh, uh, election is going to be reviewed and overanalyzed like it's you know within the last two minutes of a football game and every and every play has to get <laughs> checked in the booth. Well, you that's know? part mean, of it, be, right? That's part of it. Like yeah. that, it, what you're describing is the reason. That every and 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 the thing I said earlier today about everyone has a microphone now, everything mm -hmm. just is going to get analyzed to death. Yeah, like I, and that's fine. But that that analysis leads slow to, down the process. You know, we're already spending half of somebody's campaign working on their next election, or not campaign, uh, spending half of everyone's tenure in office. Uh, working on their next election, and if we need to get to a place where they always nope, do you that, you work though, for the right? full four years, huh? Isn't that always they all the do, truth? They though? totally do that, don't they? Like the minute gotten, they, they get in, and then they just start running again. It seems like well, it's I mean, look, longer I mean, and longer. It, it, like we are, we are uh, in a process that is going to be voted on by the House of Representatives. They serve two-year terms. Mm. So if if now you know running for your office takes anywhere between six to eight months, then how much time you know if you are a freshman. Mm -hmm. uh, you're in for what a year, maybe, where you're really focused on doing what you're doing, and then you better hope that you uh, have your 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 bases covered when you run for re-election again. Yeah. yeah, I mean, when all this stuff is framed, I wonder if the idea would be well, they'll, they'll just they only need a couple of weeks to go out and stump. Like, I don't know how it went in the early days. Like, did John Adams run around for eight months campaigning? No, no, no. And in in fact. Uh, you know, it was kind of like verboten to campaign for president. You wanted to be the statesman, mm -hmm. uh, you know, up until really 
you know, past the 1900s. Get, get uh, reelected based on your achievements, not based on making sure that you're, you've been in everybody's face for the past 12 months. Yeah. Um, but now also it's like the House of Representatives has become, over the last few decades, uh, a much more famous sort of place. Like uh, in, in a world of uh, soundbite culture, uh, House members are more likely to be the ones to say the thing. And so, mm -hmm. therefore, they develop followings for being the ones to say the thing. Uh, and that's why you've seen such, you know, you've seen the Tea Party exploded in uh, the, the House. Uh, you know, the, the, the progressive uh, socialist Democrats and, like, the squad blew up in the House. And I don't think that that's a coincidence. Uh, I think it is a, a breeding ground for uh, movements. And there's a certain element of fame that can gather there. Yeah, I think that's... I think that's true. Do you think we ever get to the place where uh, we're like the British with their parliament? We just sit around yelling at each other in there in that chamber. That'd be cool. I mean, Only God, no, jeez. I mean, like <laughs> as much as I love, wigs. I love, I love watching them go crazy with each other. But if you look at how long it's taken them to do this Brexit thing, holy crap, <laughs> it, it's insane. I've been trying yeah. to follow it a little bit more because it seems like they're close to something, but I'm starting to, I'm, I'm starting to lose faith that they're ever going to. Uh, like, and I don't think that they're going to stay either. I think that they're going to be perperpetually in where we're, we're nine tenths of the way out of the European Union for until the day I die. Nice. And uh, I know we just actually had, there was a deadline this month, right? Like within the last couple of weeks. Yeah. I, I mean, I'll tell you what, if you want a good follow up, although now it's a week out of date, you can listen to yeah. the last episode of Politics, 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 where Tom Merritt and I broke down everything that's happened but even then that's that's now out of date because it is gotcha. a daily churn of uh, yeah of, i don't think of, yeah i don't think i want to bring that here <laughs> yeah i mean look it, it's it that's a wild situation man like they've had four years to figure this out mm -hmm. and they have not in any way been able to to get something get something done I don't that's think they're right. going. Yes, that's right. October 31st was supposed to be some deadline, and that got... No, like, it was the spooky Halloween deadline, uh, and then... Oh, Jesus. All right, so here we go. No, uh, no, no. Maybe I should. Maybe I should. Let's, let's talk about poop or something. Or, <laughs> I can do it quick. I can do it quick. Right. So, what do you think's going to happen with Hearthstone this weekend? All right. Um, go, make it know, quick. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> maybe they'll free Hong Kong. Um, maybe. <laughs> Finally the, uh All right, so here, very, very quick. Yeah. The uh, EU had given England a deadline of, or the UK a deadline, sorry, uh, a, a deadline of October 31st to get a deal passed through Parliament. Uh, this had been very, very hard to do. So Boris Johnson, who's their new prime minister, he's a hardcore Brexit guy and said he would rather be dead in a ditch than see the, the United Kingdom and the European Union past Halloween. Uh, goes to Brussels, gets a deal, and then gets it passed through Parliament, but then, because Europe and the UK are both made of an untangleable mess of rules, uh, that was then stalled because uh, <laughs> the Parliament voted or could not vote on the schedule by which they would consider and and apply it or vote on all the little laws within oh, it. Yeah. So. That stalled that, which meant that it was likely going to have to go until uh, past October 31st. Boris Johnson wanted to call for an election. That was voted down. And so now we are back into square. Who knows? So is he going to just voluntarily jump in that ditch then if Halloween comes and goes? And he'll he'll be 
he's he's willing to just go ahead and off himself. That he's gonna. Well, no, he. So he was compelled by law to send a letter to the European Union to ask for a delay. So to compel with the law or to to comply with the law, he sends the letter but doesn't sign it, and then sends another letter that effectively says, "Psych, don't do this for us." <laughs> <laughs> All right, those guys. Uh, but have... but really, the big the big thing is is that everybody is dancing around the idea that at some point somebody could pull the cord and they could no deal Brexit, and that is that there is no deal, uh, or that England or the UK would have to pass. That um, I know I'm just gonna get. <laughs> People hate like, that for some reason. I know. I, I they it. hate it. Whatever. Okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. They're interchangeable in my mind. Same. Except, it's Wales not. too. Sad. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Wales and Scotland and Northern Ireland and the other one. And, uh, All of them. But yeah. So uh, uh, yeah, that's that's what it is. Is uh, uh, he basically said, or the, the, the No Deal Brexit would mean that they would have to either rush. The UK would have to rush and apply these laws before all of society fell apart uh or they would you know it would just be a total mess and so everybody nobody wants it everybody wants to avoid it uh but what boris johnson is leveraging is the idea that he will push them to the cliff unless things get solved and to his credit him you know swearing that he will drive this car off the cliff did get them to at least vote uh get get a deal from the eu that was uh, passable in Parliament. Huh. Well, 28, 28 days was later. The zombie apocalypse starts in England. <laughs> Sorry, the UK, not England. I apologize. <laughs> um, you know, it's like when we call ourselves America, we know people know we're not talking about uh, right. freaking Canada and a bunch of right. middle... Uh, or, uh, There's a lot of stuff in North America, Scott. <laughs> Central America and South America. Yeah, like, but know. I mean, I get it for them because they've all been killing each other for like, you know, 4,000 years dragons and stuff that's true they got the dragons we don't have I know. those yet you see, you know, yeah. people, people were fighting about people were fighting about this when like some dude was playing a lute and throwing a rune <laughs> <laughs> throwing a rune oh my gosh you know, all right that's when they were just cobbling things sure everything was cobbled then. all cobbled yeah, yeah. cobbles you and, know there uh, was a a bard you know mm -hmm. and he's lightly strumming a no, it'd give you inspiration. Harp. Yeah, yeah. give you better roles. That's how it worked. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, uh, actually, do you have, before we let you go, do you have actually any prediction about BlizzCon in terms of its uh, political heat, or do you think it's just going to kind of go and be done? And I would ask, I would ask you. I would ask you what, uh, uh, what, 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 what this would be, because I, I would suspect that there will be protests. Yeah. I will suspect that... I think both Blizzard's greatest gift and greatest problem in this particular scenario is that as far as PR and really just their entire company's communication strategy, it's very defensive and yeah. it's very, we will reveal what we are going to reveal to you guys absolutely when we are sure of what we want to say. Yeah. Uh, and I think that really hurt them in this scenario where like, one or two of the right we're looking into it please uh uh you know give us time to figure this out words yeah early on could have saved them a lot of mm -hmm. headache yeah uh but 
I would I would ask you, you know, uh, of how do you think they're going to handle protests at BlizzCon? Are they going to kick people out? Are they going to make people turn shirts inside out? What's the deal? I think they're going to. So here's what I think they're going to do. I think it's going to be a bit of a security nightmare and it's going to be slow and kind of a problem, especially the morning of the opening ceremonies, because I do think there's going to be uh, people there and they're by law allowed to pr protest around that convention center. There's already protests every year, but it's usually like these. God hates Diablo. The end is near. <laughs> yeah, the end is yeah. near things. So so I think that that's going to be true to the question of whether they say anything or make any hint about it on stage. Honestly, I really don't know, but I don't think so because of the thing you just said and I agree with, which is they are very careful about what they say, both in the good and the bad. They just are very, mm -hmm. very careful. So I think part, part of me thinks there's no way they say anything, but it's possible J. Allen Brack is compelled to say something. I don't know. So then uh, I think moreover throughout the panels and things, there are going to be some people who lie about their question for a for a Q&A question, Q&A thing, and they're going to get up to the mic and they're going to say something totally different. And it'll be about this this thing. They're going to call yeah. out Blizzard and it's just going to be the way it is. Last year that happened with a Diablo thing about Immortal and that was a that's just a gamer problem, not an international political incident. Yeah. So I think it'll I think the event will come and go and there will be definitely highlights for people who are fans of what they want to present. I think the opening ceremony is going to be full of cool stuff we're all going to be interested in as the gamers that we are. But I think there's always going to be an elephant in the room feeling as, is someone going to say something? Is someone going to say something? Did that guy in the mm -hmm. audience just yell mm -hmm. a thing? Did security just cart four people out of here? Did someone right. see that? Like, There's going to be that stuff. Scrutiny of uh, people looking to see what the presence is. Yeah. yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. I feel like it's just I, a I wonder, and this is partly, and I've only been to BlizzCon once, so so uh, this is a noob's view, mm. but the programming at BlizzCon, aside from the competitions, uh, is by and large, it's very managed, yep. and you wind up getting all the news that is spilled out of it fairly quickly afterwards. That is correct. Uh, so... If you are there and you love Blizzard and you love the Blizzard community, but you are also really cheesed off about everything that's happened, then I think the calculus for you of like, all right, do I stand up, yell and scream, be part of a protest and get kicked out and then maybe even, you know, be on a blacklist for for future BlizzCons, maybe that's worth it. Maybe it's worth it that for, for the rest of my BlizzCon experience, I'm just hanging out at the hotels that are five feet away from the convention center and still hanging out with all my friends. I just don't see the super managed press release uh, performance that happens on stage. Yeah, somebody mm -hmm. somewhere. I hate saying this because I don't actually know this for sure, but I have to believe that size of a crowd, somebody somewhere is happily spending $300 for a ticket bunch of money for a hotel, bunch of money to stay there and eat and everything else, who is willing to throw that all away to get his statement out. I'm pretty sure someone like mm -hmm. that exists. Now, whether they get to the mic or not, whether they have they chicken out last second, that's all possible. Maybe it's super controlled and none of that will even be possible. Um, the Q&A that I hosted last year were uh, screen questions, but they always are. They have been since like 2011. And we handpick them and then we have the people who ask them if they're physically there to come be part of the line and then they ask their question, any one of them could have said, yeah, hi, my name is so-and-so and free Hong Kong, you know, do whatever they want to do. Yeah. And there really isn't a lot you could do about it. So I don't actually know if 
there, there's rumors and talk that some of the Q&As, maybe not all, but some of them may be um, just Blizzard people and or hosts saying, all right, we got a question. We've uh, got from, we've got the following questions. Right. From right. The and just reading the list of questions. Sure. Right. And right. if I were them, by that I don't mean I would do it if I were them, but if I were Blizzard and I know enough about how they do things, I think that they probably will end up doing a lot of that to avoid mm -hmm. that sort of thing. So maybe it'll go off without a hitch. Maybe it'll just be... I don't know. It will be impossible, though, to ignore, and that's the part that's that's got me super curious about how it just feels and how everybody's talking and, like, the live stream folks, uh, how are they going to be when they've got J. Allen Brack sitting there? Are they even going to come close to asking a question about the controversy? Probably not. Like, I don't know. I, I honestly don't no, know. Be interesting. Yeah. Where Where do you think the community is now post post all this? Because I do think we are on the other side of at least the peak of the fury. If BlizzCon had had happened before this happened, I think we would probably be close to the end of it. Whatever is going to get extended will happen at BlizzCon. But where 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 do you sense the Blizzard community is after such a divisive incident? So I think that that's a good observation, and I think the fire has calmed a little. Um, anecdotally, I get emails saying, uh, yeah, we get it. It's a controversy. Quit talking about it kind of stuff. And we've Talk all, about the game. Yeah, and it's only been a thing for a week, what, week and a half or something? So gamers, maybe not gamers, but, you know, modern internet culture, our, our attention span is not what it used to be. Um, so I think there are people who are tiring of it that just want to kind of move on. That's definitely a thing. But I also see... Maybe it's also anecdotal, but you see a lot of stuff on Reddit and other places where people are organizing and saying, all right, two days, guys. We're going to do this and this and this. Where are we all meeting? Who needs signs? Like, there's a lot of that talk still. So, uh, oh, we're we're going to get the big Kotaku article. Oh, of, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, of like, uh, meet the face of uh, BlizzCon's Hong Kong resistance. Mm -hmm. uh, like, that's yes. that's definitely right. going to happen. Yeah, that's a given. Um, there will be some press like that, but you're right. Like had this, had BlizzCon been last weekend, it would have been worse for them. Um, had it happened the week that the mess happened, it would have been even worse for them. Yeah. So as time passes. But also if it had happened the week before, we would be done with it. We'd be done with it. You're absolutely mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. We would be. And there may be a lot of we're done with it after this because. I, I think do, so. I do think that Blizzard can gain some good faith with. Showing their good work, showing that, hey, it, you know, some of these decisions that are made at the top you may disagree with have nothing to do with devs or the people working on the ground just trying to do a good job and make cool things for you to then buy. Um, and that may soothe some or a lot of people. What also may happen is Blizzard may figure out a way to address it in a way that is more honest and forward facing. And I just don't see how they do it. But if they did, that could that I mean, that would, wounds. if they do, and we have no idea what's going to happen, uh, because Scott is taking a very political stance by boycotting BlizzCon. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, if they do, that would be that would be out of character for them to just say, like, all right, let's let's show our whole ass and talk about this and, and do some bloodletting mm -hmm. uh, so people can just move on. Right. That, right. that would not be that would not be consistent with how they how they've handled messaging in the past right no it wouldn't be like. that would not be consistent with the way they usually do things however given what this is and especially the backlash after his statement the d allen brack statement which was not received well maybe they'll second think that and think we just we need to 
you know, we need to, like you said, show our whole ass because that's kind of where they're at. That Honestly, there's only two ways to do it. It's ignore it entirely and pretend it isn't happening and have your con or it's talk about it in an honest and front-facing way. Anything else will be perceived as not enough. It just- I mean, but by the way, this is also like we're thinking of it in a very American perspective, but I would take a wild guess and say that the most that mainland Chinese players of Blizzard games ever get close to, you know, the the the, the product themselves and the creators of it are probably at BlizzCon. Like yeah. you are not just speaking to uh, our uh, particularly uh, at the moment radicalized section of American internet humanity. You're going to be talking to a lot of people that view these situations in in different ways. So mm-hmm. uh, to me, I think that they screwed up by not being a little bit more, a little bit more wait and see early. Mm. Like, because the fact that everything built up and it just became like, why are you Blizzard game company personally subjugating hong kong <laughs> and is taiwan next yeah like uh, uh that that's a hard position for that company to be in when they don't talk so much yeah that's that's the hard that's honestly it the culture is not to talk very much and this requires talk and they don't they're not talking so silence yeah. is like not to not to coin the phrase i hate when people use it your silence on this issue is deafening it's deafening yeah, yeah. <laughs> freaking hate that saying but the fact that you're not talking speaks volumes yeah, it speaks volumes <laughs> like quit reading into it but in blizzard's case right. they were quiet and quiet and quiet and then they did a thing on late on a friday night out of the normal news cycle and to everyone else it just looks like oh look what they're doing they're hiding this and that and, and to me i'm going this is just kind of blizzard and they don't know how to do this like they, this works for them for other stuff. This this is a benefit for them to shut up and keep it quiet in previous years when there were zero leaks about Overwatch, by the way. None. Nobody yeah. had any idea Overwatch was coming. Now, this week's not a good example. There's leaks about everything this week, but part of it could be due to this and people... Are- yeah, I mean, maybe, maybe they have a workforce that doesn't totally agree with decisions that they've made that now are a little less likely to toe the line. W- weird, right? Weird. Uh, anyway, well, it'll be interesting. We'll see how it goes. Uh, like I said, I'm gonna do some live coverage on Friday, and we'll see how see how those. And you're not. Go. I'm joking. For those of you who don't who don't know, you are not making a no, no, statement no. by not going to Blizzard. Heck, heck no. <laughs> yeah, we actually we talked about that before we brought you on. Yeah. But, okay. Uh, yeah. 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 Mul- actually, multiple <laughs> times I've had to make it clear the decision was about a month ago. I mean, had Blizzard right. Blizzard if they'd have called me last week and said, "Oh, we need something for a stage thing," I'd have said, "Oh, okay, I'll, I'll we'll still be there then." Mm-hmm. The, that wouldn't have been a problem. Five thousand dollars. But I, I kind of okay. wish I would have said a month ago why I wasn't going or that I wasn't going, mm-hmm. so that people, because there have been plenty of assumptions that I'm boycotting and I'm I'm not. Yeah. I'm also mm-hmm. mad at Blizzard, but I. Yeah. It's not but the. Uh, so you are also mad at Blizzard, and you made a public statement that you weren't going after the controversy, <laughs> and it's not a boycott. Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Yeah, see what I, this is the problem with yes. our modern discourse. It's impossible for me to get around this. <laughs> I am this. outraged. I am outraged. Uh, anyway, this is all good and well. Uh, you got anything else going on this week that uh, people should be checking out? Uh, no. I mean, well, I mean, politics, politics, politics is has been good lately. So if you like that, then go ahead and uh, uh, take a take a listen. We're gonna be breaking down all the impeachment stuff and and doing a little impeachment rewind. Ooh. Uh, we're going to go back in time to the 90s. Get your shoulder pads and your corded phones because we're wow. talking 
We're talking impeachment. Sweet. Blowjobs and mailboxes. I don't know. What that yep. Is. Wow. Straight up blowies, baby. Blowies. That's what we're talking about. Stained blue dresses. There you go. Sure. Justin right. Robert Young on Twitter. Take or Justin R. Young. We'll see you later. Have fun. <laughs> Bye. All right. Jeez Louise. That's why Mateo can't listen to the show. Oh yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Nicole. Shoot. Never heard of it as a blowy before. All right. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, it did. Well, whatever. Politics. I, I should. I should. <laughs> Politics are hard. Turns they out are, it's yes. complicated and lame. Yeah. It's I, true. Not a political science. Okay. Uh, uh, degree holder. I meant to finish my sentence. All right. <laughs> it's not. It's not political science. It's rocket science. It's rocket it's science. There science. you go. Nailed it. All right. Uh, we actually have a bonus mashup. I was just informed Ooh, that we have this. Bonus. Jamie. Yeah, Joni. Right. Uh, Joni. Jamie says. <laughs> Is it Jamie just puking into a bucket for eight minutes? Well, he says he thought he was uh, under the spell, but thinks it was uh, psychosomatic and that he's actually okay and only his wife got hit. So uh, he's... Although it was nice of him to get sympathy uh, nausea. Sure. Sympathy, sympathy nausea. Sympathy barfs. Okay. Um, but I think he because he's kind of in charge of the household and stuff while she's down, he thought, hey, I got a minute here. I'm just going to make another mashup. So he did. It's called the TMS. So it... Oh, go ahead. I was gonna say, so it's eight minutes of his wife puking. In yeah, yeah, bucket. yeah. Oh, yeah, totally. Okay, good. good. In, in a bucket, in right. a loud bucket is the plan. <laughs> loud, echoey bucket. All right, I'm sorry. Please, please go ahead. He says uh, he calls this the TMS sing along, still rock and roll to me, a midweek bonus mashup. Well, I guess it's only Tuesday. It's not only midweek, but whatever. Here it is. Let's play it. It came from somewhere back in a long ago. <laughs> <laughs> Look at that. That's I Iron Man. I am Monkey King. <laughs> Walking around his mansion. <laughs> I got money. Not like you. Steals Nash. Makes me feel fine. You're the from a time playing the video games, go outside the way I'm staying inside. Don't let nobody pick your bum. Shake it up. Bats in the kitchen. What, kitchen, what you, gonna are you gonna do? Gonna do? Yeah. There's a bat in the kitchen. What are you gonna do? Go spill it in the go river. Go spill it in, in the river. <laughs> Over the mountain, through the thing. You say Grenada, and I say Grenada, Grenada, Grenada. Let's call the whole thing off. There goes Ethel just as fast as you can. Drinking wine from a potato chip can, driving around the Walmart lot. <laughs> the rascal that she just bought. Yeah. I left my turn <laughs> in San Francisco. You may not know Three where. Returns in the fountain. <laughs> you wave, dance craze. Anyways, I still rock and roll, roll to me. Oh my gosh, that was intense. Oh my heck, dude. That turned out really funny. That is really funny. I love the fact that when you hear them all back to back like that, 
it just sounds like we are the most ADHD, like mm-hmm. new song pops into our head and we just start singing it ever. I know. It. And it's, yeah. it's funny because it's always about the context is always like one of the stories we're covering or something. So it's like right. <laughs> still rock and roll to me came from, it was from something else. It was like the story about a, I don't know, some guy turned over a truck in freaking Florida and now we're singing a song. It's the weirdest <laughs> It's the weirdest thing. <laughs> totally. And it's just like, uh, boy, it's also making me realize that if I devoted the kind of brain power to other things in my life, like I do song lyrics, oh, I'd probably be a do. lot more successful. Yeah, I think what you could do. I always yeah. tell that to Kim. I think I know too many things about movies and actors and mm-hmm. t- TV and like celebrity crap. Think what I could use that brain power for, or at least that <sighs> storage for, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like we're wasting it on uh, commander data storage. Yeah. We need to be using it for, for good. You want to know why get a tiger confused with a cheetah? That's why. Mm-hmm. A little mm-hmm. synapse went over there to worry about Clarice, Vernessa, whatever her name is. Chloe. <laughs> Amortized. Amortized <laughs> Fornox or whatever her name is. Anyway, yes. uh, that's it for the show. Uh, we're going to get out of here. Oh, I am going to read a quick email. I forgot about this. Yeah. Michael in Colorado Springs. He's near you. Yeah, he is. Says, dear sound and board. That's pretty good. <clears throat> this question is for Brian. Brian, is Scott getting used to the new soundboard really any different than his operation of the old soundboard during the penny ma- many past years? <laughs> That's why we love him and love the show, though. Uh, Joe Uncool in the Tadpole, also Michael in Colorado Springs. So, Brian, answer that question. Am I any better yeah, at I it mean- now? It is it is different, Michael, and I'm glad you asked this because the big difference is now Scott says, oh, hold on, hold on, new soundboard, yeah. instead of the previous thing, which is, oh, hold on, let me see if I can find this. Yeah, nope, totally that's you're not right. No, nope, right. that's not it. I'm point taken. You're absolutely right. There's always going to be glitches. <laughs> <laughs> but this uh, it was extra glitchy because I changed. I switched. That's so right. it's just All hard. right, come on, fish, fish sandwich right now. Pull up fish sandwich. Uh, ready? Here comes fish sandwich. All right. Uh, uh, here we go. Hey. Two Oregon fish sandwich. Got it. Give me another Very one. Good. Give me another one. Oh, all right. Uh, uh, let's do. I know there was one that we looked for yesterday that we couldn't find, so we're going to skip that one. Let's do uh, slurp my butt. Oh, oh, I have it. Uh, oh shit. There we go. Ah, now no, no, I was no, right with the it. world. Wait, I thought I put it out here. Watch your profanity. Nope. Diabetes. Nope. I have the chaff. Nope. Yeah. All right, I can't find it. But that, see, that's what I like. I'd much rather have you do the play four of them followed by, nope, that's not it. Nope. Oh, what do I call it? Nope, that's not it. Then, like, go right to it. I did I did make a thing of common ones, yeah. uh, and it's everything from... I can definitely see why you like it. And fish sandwich. Oh, gotcha. and this show is so gay. That kind of stuff, right? <laughs> yes. But I need to go in and find more iconic ones and just have them more at the handy. I so. know. We couldn't even fit them all on one page, though, all the iconic ones. It would no. have to be like two or three yeah. pages of them. There you have it. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for the show. Thank you all for being here. Please support us. We love you and you love us. So why not help us? Patreon.com slash TMS. If one of you, every single one of you did just a buck a month. Imagine. A buck. Imagine that world. Except for the people who are already doing a buck or more. Yeah, we'd love that you're there and well, keep yeah, doing stay what you're where doing. you're at. Don't don't say you know. Oh, well, they want me to switch down to a buck. Fine, I'll switch down to a buck. Don't do that. But all you freeloaders, just kidding. All you guys who just are like sitting on the fence, going, "Man, I really should dive in." Now's mm-hmm. your chance. Patreon.com/slash/tms yeah. for everything else. Frogpants.com/slash/tms. Brian, play me a song. That's right. 
the 29th of every month is the best day to become a patron. Oh, right. right. The 29th of every month. That's yes. right. Because we're about to switch yeah, over. Except Why for not? February. But yeah. we, we don't talk about February 29th. <laughs> or Smarch. Yeah. <laughs> Lovely Smarch weather. Yeah. Uh, hey, let's talk about uh, requests because I've got one. Mm. This is um, this is cool because this is actually one that was um, sent in by sent in by the listener. Not just the request, but the song. Robert Stevens wrote in and said, here's a song that we, would be fun to play as a cover at the end of the show. My friend, Alan Mirakitani, Mirakitani, B.B. Chung King, added the song to his CD Real for his daughter, Olana, because she loved NSYNC. Uh, Alan sadly passed away a few years ago. He was an amazing guitarist, a dear friend, and is missed. Thanks much, signed Robert. So this is a cover of uh, NSYNC's Bye Bye Bye, covered by a band called the, Bud- the Buddha Heads. Featuring BB Chung King <laughs> um, on their uh, new album Real. So make sure you go check out their album Real. I guess not a new album, 2002 album Real. But he did it because his daughter was uh, a fan of NSYNC. And I think that's just the sweetest thing. Aww. Here are the Buddha Heads featuring BB Chung King and Bye Bye Bye. All right. That's going to do it for us. Thank you all for being here. We'll be back tomorrow uh, with a whole new show. What's tomorrow? Wednesday? Yeah. Uh, Wednesdays. Yeah, today's so. weird. I'm on DTNS today because Patrick's. Oh, switching everything around. Well, because Patrick's in LA tomorrow, so he's going to do mm. uh, from Tom's house. So he's swapping with me, gotcha. and then um, yeah, and then we're not doing core because the core guys are doing the live thing with me on Friday, which means boop boop. tomorrow. Yeah, it's all effed all right. up this week. Oh man, the, the calendar shows oh. all of these changes. If you're interested, you can just go to frogpants.tv. There's a calendar thing. Click it, and you'll see all the scheduled stuff. All right, here's that song now that Brian mentioned. We'll see you guys tomorrow. Bye. Don't wanna be a fool for you. 
up for sure Don't want your love no more You know I ain't gonna lose This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Frog Pants Network. Get more shows like this at frogpants.com. Liquid or solid. Yeah, either one.